Welcome to Pixels and Pines Podcast. I'm Bradley. I'm Michael. And we're two dudes talking about video games while drinking pints. Shit. And we're actually drinking. We're actually fucking drinking. We're actually drinking. I didn't even have to like, I didn't even have to uh, convince you to drink this time. Mm -hmm. You, you, you're coming out, you're coming out swinging, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You want to, you want to hit yours first? No, no H2O. No H2O. I was supposed to drink this last week, but I forgot to put it, I forgot to chill it. Uh, But this is ridiculous. AF. Ridiculous as fuck. I don't know if you could see it. It's such a good fucking beer. It is a good beer. This is the big brother to Tasty AF, uh, which was, I think it's just a regular stout. I think it's just a regular stout, peanut butter, chocolate. I think it's like 6% ABV. Um, yeah, it's an not easy very drinker. Heavy. <clears throat> very easy drinker. Very easy drinker. This, on the other hand, ridiculous, is a Russian Imperial. Yeah. So that just that just jacks up the ABV. And this one is clocking it at 11.8%. 11.8%. Peanut butter, chocolate. You can definitely taste the chocolate. It's kind of a little, uh, little, little toasty, um, a little malty. Not so much on the peanut butter though. I haven't, I haven't tasted much of the peanut butter, <clears throat> but it's, it's pretty smooth. I guess the peanut butter is a little, a little towards the back of it, but overall it's just a very chocolatey mouthfeel, a little peanut butter on the back end. Very smooth. Very good beer. Very good beer. 91% on beer advocate. And I'm sure there's there's a couple of a uh, couple of tongues up this beer's ass. Uh <laughs> give you a better description than I did, but yeah. But it's so good. For for a beer to be over ten percent and to still be smooth is really fucking hard. Um so I'm with what they've done with this beer, uh it's been a while since I've had it, probably a couple months. Um, but it is uh, just an incredible fucking beer to drink. Uh, so if you ever get run into it out in the stores, uh, people who are listening, uh, isn't it just a South Southern beer? I think so. I yeah. almost forgot. It's, uh, from Saloon Door. Yeah. Saloon Door. I forget where they, uh, they are. I think they're up North, right? I don't know. Shit. Well, I have, I'm, I'm drinking that shell shock that we talked about last yeah. week. Yeah. That's what's up. It's a 10% uh, Imperial Pecan Stout with fudge, caramel, and vanilla. It's from Martin House Brewing Company. I looked it up on Beer Advocate and a couple other places, but it's a rather new beer uh, with a very limited release, so the the news hasn't gotten out about it. Um, so there's no reviews, uh, or at least no, really? uh, com- no compiled score. Um, and then to follow this up, I'm going with uh, 11, bre- 11 Below Breweries, um, Java Space, which is a 9% Imperial Coffee Milk Stout. It has a 90 on Beer Advocate. Um, and it is just as smooth as fuck. Imperial Coffee Milk Stout. So Imperial, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, inside of stouts just means double hopped. Reach um, it, sir. Yeah. So it's just it's it's just more hops to get the ABV up. Um, so when they were trying to come across from Ireland to Russia. Uh, all the stouts went bad. We've talked about this before. Uh, so they doubled it up. Tell the people, tell the people. And, um, 
that allowed it to stay preserved uh, so that it could make it to Russia uh, for the Russian uh, imperial fucking czar or whatever the fuck he was called back then. So, Hence the name. A little bit of beer history there, I guess. This is the kind of Russians we do like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ones that make good booze or, or take booze and improve upon it, I fuck with those Russians all day. I can be their friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you tell uh, Mr. Putin to just stop what he's doing, to start making good beer, all rights with the world. It's just everything goes back to normal. We fucking, <laughs> <laughs> we solve all the problems. Maybe we should just have him over. Just have him over one night and be like, hey, man, you want to talk about some fucking video games? Drink some fucking 12% beers. Fucking hang out. Give him some Pumpkinator. That's right. Yeah, get him a cowboy hat Bradley wants to be uh, Putin's friend. He wants to, he wants to be, he wants to be buddy, buddy with him. You heard it here first. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can say that. Uh, I look too much like Zelensky for him to uh, probably want to be my friend. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I think they're, I think they're pretty upset about that whole like uh, winter, winter campaign in the second world war yeah. with you. Yeah. Let's just do history. Let's just do pixels and pints history. <laughs> <laughs> we can invite that fucking uh, hardcore history guy on here and just get him drunk and just uh, have him fucking ramble for four hours. That'd be fun <laughs> as shit. I forget his fucking podcast name. I don't think he's put one out in forever. I'm probably like eight I don't years. Think so either. Dan Carlin? That's Dan Carlin, right? I, maybe. Dan Carlin's hardcore history? That's, that sounds right. Sounds right. Dan Carlin. Did I say the right name? Hardcore. <clears throat> yes, it is Dan Carlin Damn. hardcore history. Yeah. I I tried to I tried to I tried to listen to his uh World War II one. It's uh man. I was rough. World War II was was kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, he hasn't <gasps> was. no. He's been putting shit out this year. He uh March sixth, twenty twenty two. He put out uh uh, one about he, he the Atlantic like slave trade. So he puts out like one a year. Something like that. He has, um, he has like a subscription service or something like that. The last time I, the last time I was trying to look any of this stuff up, uh, I think he has some sort of like subscription service where, or some sort of website where you have to pay to listen to these episodes. I, I don't remember. It was, it was a weird kind of thing. I mean, he does like these very long-winded, in-depth. Oh, so he uh, only puts some of them out on podcasts. Yeah, he's got fifty-five episodes. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't know about a, this. He's got a lot of stuff. He does. Uh, he does a wide variety of topics. Yeah. Well, fuck. I'll probably subscribe to this. Uh, just to like dig through them. I mean, each one of his fucking episodes, they're like. Very long. Fuck, yeah, they're like four plus hours. Um, yeah. I guess we really did turn into like uh, podcast history type shit. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, another thing that I recommend, I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. Uh, who was it? Uh, Ken Burns. I think it's Ken Burns. Uh, Ken Burns uh, on Netflix. He had, he had like a seven or eight part series on Vietnam. And I think they were like two to three hours each. Uh it was it was rather in depth, uh, from I guess both, like I don't know if it's like both sides, but 
<clears throat> he had um he had a lot of interviews with uh you know southern and northern vietnamese uh some people that were uh part of the vietnam kind of theater hmm. um and kind of talk through the entire entire shit that went down over there and like the the political back and forth and you know it starts off with uh like France getting kicked out of Vietnam and blah 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 and <clears throat> the whole thing the uh, the rise of communism oh, uh Ho Chi Minh and all that other stuff it yeah. was incredible it was I had to watch this it's shit, like dude. it's like 12 or 13 hours total to, yeah, to watch everything but it was so good yeah there's 10 episodes I think is what I'm saying they have it so it looks like it's been removed from Netflix it's uh hosted right now on Amazon Prime Video, but you can oh, okay. only watch it with the PBS documentaries uh, add-on <laughs> to Amazon. Jesus Christ, Amazon. Come on. Um, which is, uh, you know, $4 a month. So, But I, I do highly recommend it, though. On this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do Ken recommend Burns it. makes badass it, stuff, man. It was super badass. It's very compelling, too. Um, I think the way it's structured is uh, through, I guess, uh, certain time periods. So you'll get like the, I think the year or so, like before the war starts. And then, you know, you'll get kind of like a, almost a, uh, not a step-by-step, but uh, it follows a, it follows a timeline when all of the major events happen. Mm -hmm. And these episodes are pretty much like laser focused on that time period. So you get... You get a lot of information. You got you get a lot of information dumped on you all at once, just Damn. to kind of show you what happened. You know why things went the way they did. Some good, some bad. Yeah, kind of and thing. I'm sure I'm sure even in that, like they pro- he probably just had to skim the surface because there's so much to unpack with uh, the Vietnam War or conflict or depending on who you talk to, what you want to call it. But really, it's almost fucking wild. There's a lot of crazy footage on there, too. A lot of crazy footage. I'll leave you with two documentaries that that I recommend to everybody. One All is right. Stevie. Uh, it's a documentary <laughs> <laughs> from Steve James, of uh, who made Hoop Dreams. Um, so he returned to southern Illinois to um, just interview one of this kid that he knew forever uh, named Stevie Fielding. Uh, and uh, he was, uh, I guess, Steve James worked with him through the Advocate Big Brother program 10 years earlier. And then he just wanted to check in with Stevie as he was an adult. Uh, Stevie is fucking insane. Uh, I think he might be uh, neurodivergent. And uh, he has a lot of drug problems. And I think there's some, uh, some weird hints of maybe some pedophilia in there. It's really fucking good to watch. Stevie is a fucking train wreck. The last one is The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. It's a fucking mouthful, but it is about meth addiction in West Virginia. And this family uh, from West Virginia uh, who distribute uh, uh, meth, I think meth, maybe, maybe it's not meth. Okay. Maybe it's just pills. Um, but it's all about drug addiction and just being crazy. And um, it's... <laughs> It's not a mockumentary, but it feels like it. It was meant to just be a full-blown documentary, but it is just absolutely insane. 
Uh, I got turned on to that one by a coworker of mine who was dying of cancer. She said, Hey, if you watch anything this year, watch wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. And, uh, I finally watched it and I didn't get to talk to her about it cause she fucking died. <laughs> so that's, that's one of her last memories. Like, yeah, that, that was my last memory Brad- of her was you should watch Bradley. some wild shit about, uh, people from West Virginia. I was like, all right, all right, I'm down. Uh, she I was think, cool uh, as fuck. I think the small, uh, small town murder podcast talks about Stevie. It's oh, like it's- a running joke. It's like a running joke. It's a running joke. Uh, Man. in the, at least where I'm at in the podcast, like I'm, I just, I just went up to 2020 because okay. I started from the beginning <clears throat> and every once in a while you'll hear like a Stevie, a Stevie reference just kind of sneak in mm-hmm. and they just bust out laughing. Dude, Stevie's a fucking nightmare. Um, I, I think I've watched that documentary like two or three times. I got turned on to it from your mom's house podcast. They did a bunch oh, of clips yeah. from it, uh, back like eight fucking years ago or some shit. Um, when they were first starting and they were like, I don't know, recording from their fucking living room on like a laptop. <laughs> um, yeah, they, I, I got tuned in from there. Um, fucking hilarious, uh, documentary. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that is your Christmas watch list. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. You're welcome. Go check it out. You're welcome. Don't say we're not well-rounded. Yeah, I think we right. are. At least my belly is. I gotta fucking lose weight. Mm. Fat fuck. I am a fat fuck. And uh, did you want to get into this um, this shit? I've been, we talked a little bit offline uh, or off the podcast about AI usage lately mm-hmm. and how people have been going fucking crazy on like uh, ArtStation, I think is the name of the website. Yeah, you, you talked about ArtStation and the yeah. little uh, uprising that they had. Yeah, so now they put in new rules that all art will be automatically tagged as not AI unless you turn the tag off. And so it people can filter by AI art or non-AI art and all this other shit. They Everybody put their uh, first image on, on their dashboard as um, no to AI art. It's like this big fucking deal out in the artist community. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame them. Uh, I, I support AI art just because like from a developer standpoint, I think it's fucking cool. Um, I like the the advances in AI art, but it has been a son of a bitch lately all over the place because of shit that we're about to talk about with the, um, my, 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 one of my favorite people, uh, the creator of Rick and Morty apparently Sorry. used a uh, fucking AI art and voices in his game. That's right. And I actually, I, I started playing this game a couple of days ago, a couple of days ago. I got, I'm so about good. 10, I'm about 10 hours in and I'm not going to lie. It's really fun. Damn. It's really fun there. It takes, uh, I, I hate having to say this, but it takes you about, about four to five hours <clears throat> to kind of reach, reach the point where the game just kind of gets blown wide open mm-hmm. and it's fucking amazing. It is so good. The Metacritic score does not do it justice. Honestly, I think most of the most of the hate from this game comes from just Justin Roiland himself. <clears throat> I don't think people people hate his brand of humor, or at least the people who are reviewing it hate his brand of humor. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's gotten such a low score. 
Yeah, I get if you're not if you're not a fan of his type of humor, it's it's kind of it's shoved in your face. Yeah. The entire time you play this game. Yeah. So it's gonna get old real fast. Well but they they added a uh, a voice uh, a slider, I guess. The commentary from your gun, so you can turn it to like almost nothing to like I want them talking the entire time. Yeah. So by default it's on it's on the entire time, but you can God damn. You're getting the same thing too, right? <laughs> yeah, this beer is like coating this shit out of my throat. Jeez. <laughs> it's like, it's probably all water. the caramel in it. Uh but yes, uh High on Life does have sliders so you can actually turn down the the gun chatter so that it only talks in order to help you uh forward the game progress oh that's super fucking unfun it really is yeah not gonna I lie that motherfucker it's... talking nonstop. and it does good it really does i kind of thought i was gonna get super tired because it was gonna get repetitive as fuck and it was gonna get annoying but you know how Justin Roiland rolls like dude. this dude. He just, he just pushes record and he'll just, he'll spit out so many different takes Yeah, that it almost, it almost feels like they're, they're saying the same thing, but this is obviously like a different take. Yeah. So it doesn't become repetitive. Like the, the words that the gun uses might be repetitive, but it's obviously uh, a different take on that same, on that same phrase. Yeah. So, <clears throat> It sounds it sounds uh sounds relatively just natural. That's you know good. What I mean? like it's good. Yeah, all the all the uh review videos that I've seen of it so far, uh people who are in line with Justin Roiland's sense of humor, they seem to really fucking love the commentary from the weapons, uh from the NPCs and everything else. They seem to like um I guess just the way the plot flows out. And then Something that I I haven't seen mentioned fucking anywhere except for in the new review videos is that this is a Metroidvania and it plays very it similarly is. to the 3D Metroid games. And I was like, that's fucking sick as shit. Nowhere in the pre-release uh, information about this game did I see that it was a Metroidvania game. Nope. Like I said, about four or five hours in, the game gets blown wide open. That's what's up. Because you have um, a lot of, there's a ton of collectibles in the oh. game, right? So it's very obvious, even after you kill the first, your first bounty, because you're a bounty hunter in the game. <laughs> I hear all they call you is bounty hunter. They don't call yeah. you anything else. It, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of intentional. I don't even think they do they give you a name. I don't even know if they give you a name. I don't think so because they, from what I've seen, yeah. the the very start of the game. They introduce you just as bounty hunter. Yeah. Well, not just that. Like if you go through uh if you go through like the so the the plot takes uh place, uh well your base, I should say, is your house, right? Yeah. And if you go through the house, there's a lot of pictures, like a lot of family pictures. Yeah. And every time that you're supposed to be in there, like you're always hidden. You're always hidden. Like you get to oh. choose like you get to choose like what you look like. Uh at the beginning of the game, mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem to be used anywhere. You know what I mean? At least not <laughs> from what fucking, I've played so far. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that so, you spend time on character creation and can't fucking see yourself. 
<laughs> and the um, all of the family portraits in the in the house, uh, you're obfuscated oh, in, that's any, funny. in any place where you would show up. You know what I mean? Um, that's in, that's so, intentional as shit. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like it's from yeah. like a um, from a game perspective, like you know, you don't want to you don't want to pull your your player out of the world to you know to uh, the the immersion factor, I guess yeah. if you want to call it that. So if you're gonna pick like the way that you look in the game, uh, and obviously, I'm assuming that Justin probably has a joke associated that it's like it's yeah. one of those things that doesn't pay off until like probably uh, end game or anything like that. Because they really didn't need to. They really didn't need to uh, uh, give you like a likeness or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but either way, the game opens up and it's so fucking fun. Holy fuck. I cannot believe that I'm saying this because, like you said, like there was no indication that any of this uh, was going to be part of the game. I, I assumed it was just going to be, you know, Justin Roiland. He's going to be talking talking shit as the gun you have knifey who's gonna be like you know wanting to stab motherfuckers and that was gonna be it like you're gonna go through the game and that was it was gonna be one note the entire way but no you are you're fucking you're fucking zip lining down places you're you're doing like all of this all of this like movement based yeah. um actions to kind of uh you know hop around zip around everywhere and then like it's way more vertical. It's way more vertical than I thought it was gonna be. Like huh. you can you can climb shit. Like you're able to get into high spaces. And it's intended to be that way because there's a lot of hidden collectibles that you find at some really just obnoxiously out of the way areas of the game. Hmm. I at first, whenever I was doing it, I assumed that I was kind of breaking the game i assumed like i was going out of bounds like oh you know the developers didn't intend for me to you know to like trapeze around and end up where i was at but no 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 there's collectibles there there's collectibles that you find so it was intentional from the start that's cool so as fuck. it yeah it made me feel like i was the one doing the exploring i was the one exploiting some of the mechanics in the game to kind of like go where i wasn't supposed to go but no no no, no. that it's intentional on their part it's, it's, it's cool because once you get there, you're like, it's kind of eye-opening when you get rewarded for it. Because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> if you get there and there's nothing there, you're like, why the fuck am I able to get here? What's the point of me being able to get up this high? Why am I behind like a refrigerator on the top of a mountain? You know, like some dumb shit like that. But yeah, uh, you know, it's it, but it's it's almost like the Skyrim thing. Like you, yeah. when you're playing Skyrim, you're just like, that's a fucking mountain. Well, I'm gonna I'm keep jumping until I get across it, you know, like that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So, so I'm I'm always I'm always the kind of person that that enjoys kind of trying to break the game, mm-hmm. trying to get into places that I'm not supposed Same. to. And for the most part, it doesn't seem like I've been able to do it. It seems like this is intentionally uh, able to be accessible during That's the course cool. of the game. So it's super cool. And so, they, these these motherfuckers. Uh, they actually, they actually license out like three different fucking movies to play. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that you can just sit in the living room and watch fucking movies. Yeah, there's um, there's some like Tanny and the T Rex, Trinosaurus Rex, which is a really shitty early '90s sci-fi, uh, like teenage love story type movie. It's got 
I think it's got a, a Paul Walker Paul Walker from uh, Fast and Furious before he splatted himself. It's got his. I think this is his first his first Hollywood role. Him and Denise Richards, and it just starts playing. And at first, I thought like when I when I was sitting there and watching this happen, I was just like, oh, these motherfuckers, they got they got some like. I got some celebrities together to create like these fake movies, you know, like one, two minute movies, but no, 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 you can sit there. And I watched like the first 20 minutes of the movie. Holy shit. Okay. So I thought they were fake movies too, because I saw these in like the reviews. They were like, Oh yeah, there's movies you can watch. And I was like, no one in, in any of the reviews elaborated that these are real fucking movies with real fucking actors that people have seen either, you know, straight to VHS or in a theater. That's fucking wild. That's it fucking is, wild. It's super wild. It's super wild. Um, they even got, they even got the uh, the dudes from Red Letter Media. I don't know if you know those dudes. Yeah, the guys uh, who they like actually, review and destroy Star Wars movies. Yes. Well, so there's three of them. If you if you do if you go outside of the Star Wars stuff, uh-huh. uh, there's like I think it's like Rich Evans. I forget who this. I think who the other guy is. I forget. I don't know who any of them are to be honest. But I know there's three guys. There's a fat one. There's a skinny one. And the guy who plays the Plinkett character that destroyed the star Wars movies. Yeah. Um, but they do like a, uh, like a, was it science mystery three theater 3000 type mm-hmm. thing where, uh, there's one point in the game where you can actually, uh, warp in like this, uh, movie theater. And if you go inside the movie theater, you're able to sit behind these three characters. So you get to see like these three heads poking out yeah. while you sit in the movie theater and it plays uh, this weird, this weird, like old, like VHS uh, horror movie. And they just sit there and they commentate. They make fun of the movie the entire time. God damn it. This game not is not only a game, but it's three fucking movies that are presented to you three different ways. That's fucking... That, that's wild. So let's let's back up. Let's back up just a bit. <laughs> because we we skimmed over the whole AI thing. And and if they've they've offered this much stuff and then the AI usage that that I that I've seen online was just to make fucking weird posters that are in in the game. Like they're they're littered throughout the house and throughout like different cities and shit like that, like different landscape areas. Um that seems yeah minimal as fuck and i think it's kind of fucking fun considering this is a the the take on ai right now ai art is that it doesn't understand what letters look like it doesn't understand what hands look like until like two days ago mid journey now <laughs> understands what people's hands look like and it's really fucking good but before this game came out and, and ai could just it literally could not fucking make a human hand. It had no idea. Like yeah. your, your fingers would be tied up like fucking spaghetti noodles. Um, so I think for them to use it to make uh, posters in a world that is inhabited by a shitload of a- aliens and all this other stuff, it's fun because if aliens were to make a movie about humans and they put posters up, the letters and stuff that they used, it wouldn't be legible to us because it would be for them about humans. And so when I look at the art on the, these kids walls and stuff inside of the game, that's what it reminds me of. It's, this is someone else's take on what it is to look like, uh, as, as humanity, like in uh, Rick and Morty, when they, uh, when Jerry gets pulled into a simulation, uh, right. the aliens are like 
trying to make music. So they make a song that's called human music and it's just bleeps and bips and like a weird sounds. And Jerry's like, Ooh, I like this human music. And he's like having a good time. And then like everybody <laughs> that he interacts with just points at him. is like, my man, my man, my man. And he just, yeah. he, he eats it up. So th- I think this is an expression of that. So it's Justin Roiland using AI to express what an alien might see for as, as, as they look at human life. So in human uh, theater. To be fair, I think, I think the main takeaway is that, um, Oh God, what's the dad's name? Jerry. Yeah. I think the takeaway was like, he's kind of R worded. I think that's, I think that's kind of, (laughs) I think that's basically what the takeaway out of that was. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that. I fucking love that. (laughs) I fucking love that episode though. That's a fucking Um, good episode. And the only way that they could subvert, uh, the aliens were by showing them their human dicks because they couldn't simulate dicks and they didn't like looking at dicks and it made them feel awkward. It's the same way with AI. Like it, it doesn't like looking at human hands and it doesn't understand what they are. The, the one thing that I will say though, mm-hmm. is that this, at least like from, from a, from a story perspective, this is technically not even like an alien representation. This is the posters on his wall before all of this alien shit. Happens. Oh yeah. Well, fuck. so yeah. So these, these posters are there at the very beginning of the game before any of the aliens, like where it's, it's just like a, you, you live in the suburbs, you know, you're, they have, they're like middle to upper class yeah. type, uh, type of family. And these are the posters that are on his wall, like at the very start of the game. That said, I don't really think it takes anything away from what you said as far as just who gives a shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I know, th- there I know there's is... probably some butthurt fucking ar- artists out there like, I couldn't have made those posters. I can tell you yeah. that most really fucking well-to-do uh, artists who are called upon a lot, they would rather make whatever the aliens are. They want to do the concept art for that shit. They may want to do like environment design. They may want to uh, take the time to design the kid's bedroom, like peace areas and things that uh, expand upon the narrative through an artistic perspective. I don't think any of them want to sit down and do graphic design for fucking posters. So let, let AI do that. It's fine. Who gives a shit? That's I, my I take on it. A, and they're not used for anything. Yeah. They're not used for anything. <laughs> like this is just, this is just supposed to be some sort of representation of just like this, this teenage recluse, like this is the shit that he has on his walls. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's there at the very beginning of the game. And very rarely do you have any reason to re- even return to that space. I, I think that there may be some other kind of examples of AI art um, that may be littered throughout the game world itself. But then, and then your, your perspective kind of, uh, kind of breaks through like what should alien art look like? Because the, uh, I don't know, like I think the kind of the joke is, and maybe it's just that we have no creativity when it comes to aliens. Cause we tend to model aliens like after ourselves. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? So this alien planet is literally just alien creatures inside of a world. That's mostly what we think of a human would, would exist in. Yeah. So they have obviously like the 
the made-up Justin Roiland type of things that he loves to spout, right? Where he just comes up with a word and, you know, it, it the word is supposed to be some sort of representation of some alien uh alien version of some sort of human thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So aliens obviously don't wouldn't call it a dick. They would call it like a a splorg or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. So the the artwork outside of there probably there's probably some ai uh artwork that was done in the alien on the alien part of the world where you wouldn't know because they're trying to depict these alien things in a kind of like human type of understanding yeah like you know it's an advertisement for something you just don't understand what it's trying to advertise because it's just like you know blobs and 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 blotches that are supposed to be some sort of like you know normal everyday alien thing that would be advertised to aliens who lived on this little town yeah. area you know what and i mean they, they do that so much inside of rick and morty and uh god damn that other show that they have too um i forget what it's called solar or something another something like that yeah, yeah. um but in, in rick and morty they have a a device called the plumbus which there looks looks like a it's a pink, fleshy stick thing with like uh, a sphere, like a, a flat fucking circle on top. One side looks like a, a dick with pubes, but it's all like, looks like it's made out of floppy clay or something. And then the other side is like, I don't know, a hole. And then it's on a stand. But everybody in the show just refers to it as a plumbus and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, they're, they they talk about it like like it's a it's a thing that um everybody should have they refer to it kind of maybe it's like like it's a sexual thing uh all kinds of weird stuff but no one ever explains exactly. what it is and then they show commercials and you're just like i i fucking have no idea i have no idea so i think it's fun that they do that inside the show too um so i don't know yeah no there's tons of those there's tons of those types of things in the game too because you're going to find televisions uh with a whole bunch of these ads that play yeah uh advertising these random things and uh there's also like a lot of a lot of like royal and type skits you know what i mean uh also oh, i almost forgot uh joel haver i don't know if you remember joel haver uh he's the guy just like onward to something huzzah he has that uh, YouTube channel where he does that weird um, kind of like rotoscoping type of animation. Oh, that guy, guy, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking yeah. love that dude's stuff. Joel Haver is also, he also makes content similar kind of Justin Roiland, yeah, where yeah. it's a lot of like off the cuff kind of type thing. He has a lot of voice work in this one as well. Mm. He does uh, he does a lot of like the like the TV skits that go on uh, during the course of the game. Like you can stop and just watch these like, TV infomercial type things that play on the alien planet. Joel Haver and his crew, I believe, or maybe it's just Joel Haver, uh, does a few does a few of those, where you can just listen to him just kind of rattle off, just like you know, a one two minute just type of of skit. Yeah, it's super cool, super cool. Like I said, the I I don't have any issue with AI art by itself. It, it kind of looks like the the only thing they really used it for was the posters. I don't know if they, if they had anybody like use AI to generate like 
like textures or anything like that? Probably not. The mm-hmm. The game itself is really well done in that respect. He did say that they use it to generate like concepts and that their artist team that they employ could like create other stuff off of, which I've done that before. So I'm, I, I've talked about it before. I'm making a, a children's, uh, I don't know, storybook, whatever. Mm. So I'm doing a lot of the illustration and stuff like that. And so when I was trying to figure out like, what does a, what, what could an Island look like? What, what do some of the plants look like? So I'll type into mid journey, like, you know, Island, this, this style, nighttime, starry sky, watercolor, blah, 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 blah. And then let it paint and let it go fucking crazy until it, you know, like also in the theme of a children's book. And then it comes back with like wild color variations, textures, all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, Ooh, I like this. I like this. And I'll, I'll run a bunch of different variations. And for me, what that does is sets up uh, guardrails, like when you're bowling. And so it, it helps right. me center in on what I like. And from there I can just go and paint whatever the fuck I want. But it allows me to start from somewhere instead of just like experimenting for like 10 fucking hours to get to something I could have done in like 12 minutes. Got it. Yeah. There was a, there was actually a story not too long ago. I think it was a couple of days ago where uh, there was a, I want to say that this dude was more of on the tech side of things. I believe that he created a children's book using nothing but AI generated. Yes. I've seen a bunch of people doing graphic novels like that too. And he got eviscerated on Twitter. They were shitting all over the guy. Now, what if coming from somebody who's more on the artistic side of things, what what is your opinion about people who use AI as like the sole creator of an artistic work like that? I think it's fun. I think it's totally fun. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's my that's my super clean take. Um I think you're going to get exactly what you put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're, you can manipulate AI so much, but it's only going to give you what you put in. And like, if you're looking for a very specific pose, like if you're doing like a graphic novel and you want some like superheroes fighting each other and in your head, you, you type it all in. You're just like, Oh, this, this is what I think it should look like. AI is going to be like, man, this is what you asked for. Um, you know, and, and if, if that's what you're going to do, then, you know, Whatever, I guess. Um, I think if you're using it for a pitch deck to create something and be like, hey, Mr. You know, company, uh, this is my idea. I'm going to have a, an artist take all of this type of stuff and put it all together and put it in like some really good format. Um, you know, they take all that to Marvel and they make their fucking uh, comic book. I think that's fair, too. Um I don't think people should be limited and I don't think they should be fucking shit on by a tool that they're being used or that they're using. It's the same as, uh, someone using WordPress or some bootstrap fucking shit or, uh, one of those yeah. websites like Squarespace to, to build Squarespace. websites. Yeah. You, you, you're taking money out of a fucking web developer's yeah. mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same shit. It's the same shit. I don't see anything wrong with it. You get exactly what you put into it. And coming from a, from a technical perspective, I kind of think that's where a lot of people are, are taking it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I want to say people think that it's going to take people's jobs. 
um, because there are was it the the new, that chatbot uh, chatbot GDP yeah that motherfucker GPT can code websites yeah people think that AI is gonna rise up and and take people's jobs and it it may be somewhat true that it could allow um, some jobs to be redundant yeah you know what I mean but just like any tool it's not about the tool existing it's about the person who utilizes that tool yep. anybody can buy a paintbrush that doesn't make them a painter no it doesn't make them an artist it just it's it's a motherfucker who owns a paintbrush yeah it's how you use it yeah that defines whether or not you know it's it's something that you should be pursuing something that other people would want to look at same thing with musical instruments mm -hmm. just because you own a guitar I am guilty of this. Doesn't make you a guitar player. It's a <laughs> yeah, motherfucker who owns a guitar. Yeah, sometimes you just want to put them up on your wall, right? You're just like, it I appreciate be. music, so let me display something that's from the musical genre that I like, right? The point is, yeah, it's not owning it or yes. it existing that takes a that takes anything away from another person. Mm -hmm. It's how it's used, right? You know what I mean. So these AI tools can exist. And if you're worried about it replacing some some job that you may or may not have, then you should be interacting with these kind of tools to yeah. see what it can do, to see what you can make it do. Because in the end, if these if these AIs rise up to replace people's jobs, it's not the people who used to do this uh, using another tool set that get replaced uh, or... I should say it this way. Uh, the people who are going to stay, if these things were to rise up and replace people's jobs, the people who are going to stay are the people who know how to manipulate them. Yep. The people who know how to run them. Yep. So if you're scared that it's going to take your job, learn how to make it work. Learn yep. how to make it do what you want to do and make it learn make it learn how to do it well. Because If is, you can do that, then no matter what, you're going to have a job. Yeah. This is not going to replace any of the concept artists out there. Like, mm -mm. if anything, it should make you better. Right. Cause you can, if you're someone who wants more realistic lighting in your stuff, then tell it to render, uh, in unreal engine and octane and stuff like that. Tell it to be hyper realistic with shimmering lights and all this other shit. And it'll render something for you. And you can see how AI interprets all of this stuff and you can use it as case studies. So when you actually do uh, sit down and do sketching and illustration and shit like that, um, you have something to study off of very similarly. Like if I want to paint uh, somebody wearing a gold necklace, I, I look up shit loads of images of gold jewelry and I look at how, it, uh, how light reflects on it, how it, um, bends and shapes all these, the, the reflections, how, uh, cast shadows, uh, are placed on it. All kinds of shit, dude. Um, just to get one piece of, uh, your art put together. And I think you could just do that with AI. Uh, if you want to paint a fucking horse doing like jumping jacks, type in, you know, horse doing jumping jacks and then see what it looks like. Fucking paint it. Who gives a shit, man? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think people are fucking uh, way out of pocket on this. I think it's stupid. Uh, I think so. Too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so too. Yeah. And I guess as far as like the AI voice uh, aspect of things, I've seen um, I've seen videos uh, where 
and you you started noticing noticing a lot with like TikTok. Mm-hmm. TikTok has a very obvious like computerized voice that speaks. Uh, as it was like at least a TikTok trend. I don't know if it's still a trend. I don't. I'm not a TikTok person, but I've seen um, YouTube videos. I don't want to get. I don't want this to get slightly racist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know there are there are a certain type of YouTuber who uh, likes to do technical videos uh like coding examples and things like that mm-hmm. and uh they may not have the uh greatest of english voice okay they're the greatest grasp on the english english language and so what i started noticing now is that instead of attempting to speak in english in order to do like a step by step or to teach this code example uh i've seen more and more that they're using ai to generate an ai voice to do the voiceover for them I think you that's know, kind of fucking sick. I think it is too. And I've listened to some that I didn't even realize were AI voices. Yep. They're, and they're it, getting really fucking good. They're getting real good. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I don't care. I don't care. If, if they are uncomfortable with their grasp of the English language and having somebody uh, talk in a very thick accent, in order to explain some sort of concept, if they feel that they're going to have some backlash from something like that, and especially like on a on a platform like YouTube, where you know people are harsh, people are yeah. assholes. Yeah, people you know? people pull zero punches, and they will instantly compare you to Hitler for just like the way that you sound. And I and I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with with uh, with them using that yeah. if it allows if it allows them to accomplish whatever their goal is, then it's fine by me. Yeah, again, they're just using a tool to create a means to an end. They could have hired, um, you know, a Fiverr voiceover artist, but maybe it would not have the right tempo, you know, what they're looking for. They've been doing a lot of back and forth. This is a motherfucker who's just making some dumb shit, right? Who gives a fuck? Streamers yeah. use him uh, for TTS now. So, uh, you can, there's an AI chat bot or a voiceover bot uh, that does TTS on streams and you can make it sing and it will pick up <laughs> really? words and it will sing them like it's from that song. You can make it be like R. Kelly and sing a, your donation. It's, it's wild. You can type in some shit and be like, say it like Obama's speech and it'll fucking say it like Obama. It's, it's the craziest shit. It's so glad. fucking good. I'm glad you chose R. Kelly. Out of all the artists you could have chosen, I'm glad you chose R. Yeah. Kelly. <laughs> I want to donate to you. You know, whatever, whatever fucking weird shit. So, uh, you know, I, in, in light of the Bayonetta stuff, I think, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather just hear AI voice than hear somebody bitch and complain over $3,000. So, Yeah. <laughs> and to kind of and to 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 before we move on uh-huh. to, to piggyback on what you were saying about um using using uh ai to do things like an unreal engine or, or whatever so unreal engine uh actually has this uh meta human thing that they recently pulled out um meta human is able to generate a human in high fidelity to generate a human that doesn't exist 
it's not it's not it's based off of you know like a database oh um, yeah yeah it takes a compilation of people's yeah. faces and build stuff yeah so you've seen that you've seen i think there's a um there's there used to be a website where i think it was called like these people don't exist yeah. and it would just generate it would generate a picture using you know the information you know using like the photographs of like you know a hundred thousand people or whatever and it used that in that that information to generate a face and this is kind of an extension of that so unreal engines meta human is essentially that and i think one of the examples was during the um right around the ps5 release release date uh what was it i think it was uh in promotion of the new matrix movie right uh, Unreal Engine did a demo on the PS5 Xbox Series X where they did this very advanced uh, Matrix demo. And I do believe that the, uh, the, the Trinity and the Neo character were, were based off of uh, the, the actual actors. But there was one character that shows up in the course of the game that's kind of like interacting with those two characters. That was generated using MetaHuman. Oh, so that's fucking you fed it parameters. Yeah. Just like I need this, this super punk, just black woman with dreads and popped it out. And that's what they used. It's coming whether you like it or not. Like I said, don't worry about what's being replaced. Learn how to utilize these tools because at the end, that's what all of this. I'm sure they said the same goddamn thing about computers yep. when they became mainstream. You know, it's like, what do you mean? Like, we're not going to write anything down on paper anymore. You know how stupid that is. Yeah, I mean, the first time that somebody could do uh, digital art, I, I hear it a lot. Like when I talk to people about, um, you know, doing commissions and stuff like that, they're just like, "Oh, are you, you doing this in Photoshop? Are you are you actually doing it on paper?" Are you painting this? Because I want something that's physical. And I'm like, I want something that's artistic. And I'm like, there's no difference. It's a fucking tool. I mean, I, honestly, there is a difference, right? Between the, you know, having to prep the paint and prep the canvas and all this other fucking shit. I can skip all those steps and I can imitate the process of painting digitally instead of having to spend, you know, $400 on fucking oil paint and, uh, take like two weeks to fucking paint something because you have to wait for shit to dry. Um, and then they also, you know, most people when you do this type of shit, they just go, but I, my budget is $150. <laughs> you know, so like, uh, there, there's also that, um, art and, and all, we, we talked about this a little bit last week, how video games are and and entertainment is, uh, God, what did, what did we, what was the word that we used? I don't want to say it's a privilege, but it's something that's like art and entertainment and stuff like that is. I guess it is kind of a privilege, uh, right? It is kind of a privilege, I guess. Yeah. Like any non-essential things that you consume for entertainment purpose, yeah. for entertainment value, it, it's, it's basically, it's basically a privilege. Not in the privilege as in, you know, very, very few people are allowed to consume it. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's not it's not being gate kept or anything like yeah. that. It's just that it's not necessary for human life. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something that you do if you have the extra time, the extra money 
in order to, you know, I guess it's one of those, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the, what's the word? Whenever you you compare two things that take up your time and figuring out which one is more worth, like it's the, it's a um, or Pros the, the cost type of, of thing, something like that. It's it's the it's the cost of choosing one thing over the other. Correct. Correct. You know what I mean? So you have to you have to measure that. Yeah. If consuming this one thing is worth more than consuming another. And in some cases it doesn't work out no matter how no matter how much you want a PS5. Maybe you're stuck with the PS4 that you got, you know, like I don't know, like when was it released like 2017? Yeah, yeah. it was like uh it was like five, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was like 2011. So it's almost like 10 years ago, right? So you have, you're having all these people experience all of these newer games that you don't have access to because you don't have a PS5. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's a luxury good. Luxury, that's the it, word. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it doesn't make financial sense for you to, to enjoy it. Doesn't mean you can't just you can't enjoy gaming at yeah. all. It's just you're missing out on certain aspects of it, and that sucks sometimes. But hey, again, at some point, all of these experiences that you're missing out on, you can maybe buy for like five dollars used on eBay. You can buy the disc, yeah. or you can get like some badass like digital, uh, digital deal to redeem it whenever yeah. you do get a PS5. Maybe mm. you'll get just. A, a used ass PS5 for like a hundred bucks in like five years. Yep. Hey, you can experience it then. Yep. Like you're not missing out on anything. It's just delayed. It's just delayed, you know? delayed gratification. It's totally fine. Right. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's just, you know, same right now. I want like a, I want an electric vehicle real bad. Can't fucking afford one. So like, I'm just going to wait. I know it's super ouch. I'm just going to wait like 10, 15 years till they're affordable for, you know, middle class, lower middle class people. Then I'll be like, okay, I'll jump on board. I'll jump on board. So how do you avoid not dying? Just in general? Is it just it, by not being able to get a electric vehicle right this second. Oh, uh, I just don't care. Like I just, I just go, well, I can't afford it. Okay. I'll think about something else instead. And I drive my it, regular ass car. That's didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Open up my world. Yeah, my car is, I I think my Mustang will be 10 years old this year, this upcoming year. It's fucking wow. Last car, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think we've talked enough about AI. I think there's a lot to unpack with AI. Um, there uh, is. I think, I think Justin Roiland and his team using AI, I don't think there's anything fucking wrong with it. They still paid a shitload of people to work on this game. Um, yes, they did. Games have a shitload of crunch time, and if they could utilize... AI to shave off a uh, hundred fucking hours of graphic design so that they can make it through a, uh, a finished product and then utilize the graphic designers that they have to create good box art, good marketing materials, fucking click ads, all of the shit that marketing, uh, and graphic design folks are supposed to be working on, not bullshit asset creation, because that's not fun. I think what they did is perfectly fine. And people getting on their high horse about it are just bar heart and, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they per- perceive art, um, but I feel like they're incorrect. Yes, sir. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> All right. That was that was 
that was probably the the most the most hype thing that we had to talk about. Now we're just gonna scrape <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, we are. This this week because this is yeah, it's the end shit. of the year. <laughs> the end of the year, folks. <laughs> this is why this is why people are putting out like the top ten games of twenty twenty two. It's because they got nothing else to talk about. There is nothing worth talking about. People are reviewing the best ports. <laughs> this is the best PS4 port that came to fucking Switch. You know, some dumb shit like that. Yeah. Honestly, that's probably what this episode should have been. But fuck it. Fuck it. Here we are. Uh, reviewing a $3 mod chip for the Switch. $3 mod chip. Yeah. Coming soon. So this is probably one of the biggest things to come out in the uh the mod scene for the nintendo switch as far as like there hasn't uh, been a physical mod for the switch up until this no there has been but it's 150 bucks oh okay so that's uh, what they're referencing in the article yeah so it's like team executor i believe has a 150 dollar mod chip that's just the mod chip itself it doesn't even include installation Mm -hmm. because you still have to install the son of a bitch you know um, but, uh, apparently what was happening is that, uh, there is a whole bunch of people that got together, uh, and they are using a raspberry Pi, uh, the raspberry Pi 2040, which is a very, very cheap system on a chip. I believe you can probably get it. Uh, the, the, the cost, the unit cost itself is probably like a buck or so, yeah. a couple of bucks. Uh, it's just getting it to your house. That may be the problem for that. Um, but it utilizes a uh, Raspberry Pi 2040 uh, as the kind of system controller. And so basically you will modify that in order to accommodate the exploit that they're going to use for this mod chip. Uh, apparently it got leaked a little bit early, uh, but rumors are suggesting that they have successfully used a Raspberry Pi 2040 uh, in being able to hack a nintendo switch and this includes all of the current switches including the oled model because right now if you are to utilize uh like a soft mod you have to have the version one nintendo switch and i believe the version one left manufacturing like the summer of 2018 so like the year after uh the switch released they got rid of it because this exploit started running wild and everybody in their mind. Mo- I, I actually, when I found out that Nintendo had created an updated model, of the Nintendo switch, I ran out and I bought a switch that same day. That was the, uh, make- the battery life modded version, right? That they, I believe so. <clears throat> was it? Cause that was, that was the I next think- big release of the switch. Unless there was just like I, a I version it, in between those. I think there was a version in between. Okay. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I think they had to release uh, the, uh, I, I believe the, I think they called it Marico. I think Marico was the code name of the new system on a chip. It was like a new variant that they used for the Switch hardware. I believe that one was a little bit more, I want to say it was a little bit more efficient. The most important thing was that it was not subject to the exploit that the version one Switch uh, was vulnerable to. So that's one of the reasons why they, they kicked it out so quick. Oh, I gotcha. But this one should work on, I think, every Nintendo Switch variant up until this point. And so, uh, 
I, I did see I did see inside of the article here that explains all this stuff. They said that this is as big as uh SD to Vita for the Switch as this was to the PS Vita system. That's fucking huge. Cause that just like mm-hmm. cracked open everything. That is true. I'm hoping <clears throat> and I'm hoping it does. Um not for piracy reasons, uh yeah. obviously. I'm really big on um, being able to to kind of modify the the switch to kind of do some of the things that uh, companies really don't want you to do. Uh, just just this past week, I actually cracked open. I didn't crack it open. Um, I started going and uh, using my PS4 uh, again. So I was I think the last time I used it, it was like version six point seven two or something like that, the firmware version. Um, I decided to uh, rip a PS4 game. Uh, I wanted to to start backing up some of my PS4 discs. Um, okay. And the game that I needed to do that required like firmware 8.5. And right now on PS4, you can upgrade to 9.0 uh, that firmware and still have access to like all of the uh, like the homebrew store and still have access to all the tools to do what you need to do. And I'm hoping that this makes it easier for people to be able to do the same thing because my intention is to bust out that switch um, that I've been kind of holding in storage this entire time. And I basically want to go in and start uh, ripping out all of the, uh, the ROMs out of the physical cartridges that I own to start just backing them up. Yeah. Um, And uh, this, and this will, this will come, uh, this will come into play later on in this uh, episode, but um, being able to do things like maybe just do mods to some of the games that you have, some of the games that you own, like that would be cool. Yeah, you know? I mean, like there's there's such a huge fucking game mod scene out there with like uh, Link to the Past, for instance. People run the shit out of randomizers on Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, um, Metroid, uh, what, Super Metroid? Yeah, uh, just like all kinds of fucking games. Uh, there's tons of... ROM hacks for different uh, Mario games, uh, Metroid games again, Legend of Zelda, all the all the first party Nintendo games. There's custom uh, Pokemon games that are sick as fuck. Yeah. Um, so it would be cool if if this opens up that to be able to play those types of games. So I can just bring in like these games that were made for Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, you know, all kinds of shit, or just backing up like you said back all up all of my physical shit, put it up on a shelf somewhere. And then I just have a, a system that has a terabyte of fucking space where I can just load these games up. And because Nintendo doesn't want you to have fucking folders on your switch, it'd be really fucking nice to just have a folder that says JRPGs, Pokemon, Mario, shit like that. And I just go into that folder and bam, there's those types of games, uh, similar to what you have in like your steam library. Right. Right. I, and I, I hope that it gets to the point where the Nintendo Switch can be just as versatile as the Vita was. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like whenever I travel, the only thing I take with me is I either take my Vita or my 3DS. And the only reason I take either one of them is because they're hacked. Yep. So with the Vita, I can play PSP games. I can play emulators, Vita games, obviously. On the 3DS, same thing. Yep. 3DS games uh emulated games i don't have to carry around my cartridges i just take the system with me yep you know that's 
that's the dream. I get it. You could buy everything digitally. Well, I don't want to because I want to have the physical cartridge until I'm giving, given no choice where I have to buy a digital version of the game. Let me just, I get, and I get why they don't let you do it. But if I have the ability to, I want to install my cartridge, the version of the game on the cartridge onto my Nintendo Switch. Yep. And I want to be able to play it. Yep. And so if this blows it wide open, so where you could do the same thing, you could play modded versions of the games that you already own. You could do awesome things like maybe there's like this this crazy group of weebs who want to go ahead and just uh, translate some sort of Nintendo Switch game that didn't leave Japan. Yep. Do something like that. So yep. you can do that. You can play that on your Switch. Like Emulated the, games. Yeah, there's there's tons of that shit uh, in, in the Super yeah. Nintendo community. There's, there's yeah. so many fucking great JRPGs that never came across. Like the, the very first uh, Tales of game. Uh, Tales yep. of Fantasia, I think is what it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. Never came to the fucking US. So like if you wanted to play it, you had to get a ROM hack of it where with the English patches in there. Yep. They and they finally did like a, I think a Secret of Mana 2. I think that finally got that finally got a release with the I think it was the was it the Mana Collection or something like that that Square released not too long ago. Yeah. But so for the longest time. Yeah. For the longest time um Seiken Desetsu like a, is out the what they called yeah, it over Seiken there. Yeah. Seiken Desetsu three. Yeah. So that was the first one. I think was uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest or something uh, like that. Or... Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like the first uh, Seiken Desetsu game, something like that. Yeah. Uh, the, the second one was Secret of Mana in the U.S. Yeah. And then they had a sequel, uh, Secret of Mana. Well, Seiken Desetsu three, which never came stateside. Yep. They finally released it. I think a couple of years ago mm-hmm. on the on the uh, Mana collection yeah. that uh, Square did. And then you got the remaster version that's all in 3D and stuff that came out uh, right around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But for people who were, were all into it, you know, they imported, they imported like these, um, uh, I forget what they call them, but it's uh, basically a, uh, a homebrew. Like somebody like there's, you get like, if you go on like AliExpress, you can find people who uh, burn those ROMs onto a compatible uh, yeah. board. I have one for Mother okay. Three, so Earthbound Three. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a yeah, cart can... that I bought off of fucking. Uh, is, is either AliExpress or that fucking what is that website where people make shit at, like stickers and they crochet shit and uh, sell Etsy? them? Etsy. I may have bought it off of Etsy to be honest. Um, yeah, but you can just buy them off of there, and they just work right into your fucking machine, right? So yeah, so you know people people did that for the longest time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to, uh, to kind of wait for that shit. Like if you, if you know what you're doing, like you can, you can play all of this stuff now. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait. And, uh, as we've seen, Nintendo really doesn't give a fuck about you anyways. No. Like they'll do, they'll do everything when they're ready. They don't care. They get, they get, they get really upset with, with shit like the Kaizu series or Kaizo. Is that how you say it? The, the Super Mario. Yeah. They don't, they don't like any of that shit, man. If, if you're taking their IP and you're doing like wild shit with it, I'm really surprised they haven't shut down Kaizo. Because <laughs> um, that was essentially what Mario Maker was a, uh, was spun off of. Yeah. Yeah. So like they were like, oh, all these people are making all this shit. Uh, we'll just make our own uh, instead of supporting that community <laughs> and bring in, yeah. you know. To be fair, I really like Super Mario Maker. Uh, it's it's fantastic. a good fucking game. 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. So I don't know. I think I think uh this this um uh, this hack, this mod coming to the Switch, if it opens up um the ability for us to play modded games, uh, I think that's dope. I think if it allows us to back up our media uh so that we have it on a machine, uh to be able to play it anytime that we want. And it allows you to do cool stuff like um hacking over the system a little bit to create some good usability options. Folders, smaller Ooh. icons, shit like that. I'm all about it. Yeah. How about themes? Wouldn't that be cool? Oh god, dude, I would fucking love themes on my Switch. That was a huge deal with the 3DS. There's no, so no, many no, no. fucking badass modded white or black. White or black. That's all you get, bitch. Yeah, I fucking hated that shit. Uh when people broken up, broke up yeah. and, and just started making themes in the 3DS community that you can find all over the place, some animated themes, like really badass shit. Um, and so when it comes down to supporting good artists, <laughs> uh, artists get, you know, uh, the ability to make all these cool themes and then you can purchase it from their fucking uh, Etsy website. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So screw Nintendo. Yeah. I, I think this right. is fun. Uh, any, anytime that someone could, um, backwards uh engineer some shit onto uh, a, a system already i think that's fucking dope uh so it's yeah. really cool uh human ingenuity so, there you go yeah <laughs> all right let's look at the bottom of the barrel what else what let's else scrape, we got? let's scrape let's scrape 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 what'd you find and next up i don't know you're in control <laughs> all right. throw it up on the screen all right we got <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy being delayed on all previous system, previous gen systems. That's kind of fucked. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, the switch is delayed even further. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm surprised they were even getting it, to be honest. Uh, every time I, was I saw like, the gameplay, yeah. I was like, there's no way. I get it, right? So I think the uh, it's, it's February. It's like February 17th or, or something like that is when the game releases on PS5 and Series X and PC. PS4, the or the and the previous uh, gen Xbox, the Xbox One, not until April fourth. Cool, right? All right. Well, what not the bad, Switch? Not bad. The Switch, July twenty fifth. God oh, damn. You. God damn. July they're making 25th. all new assets for that game. They're making all new they assets. They got to be. They they're, got to be, dude. They probably got into a situation where they're just like dog, everything's popping in and out. We just saw them destroy Pokemon. They're destroying fucking Crisis Core. They're destroying everybody. That's coming across with these ports. We gotta figure this shit out. We gotta get thirty frames. We should have never told them we were gonna do it. Yeah, I I think uh, oh uh, February tenth. So uh, that's when it comes out for uh, current gen uh, systems. But I I agree. the The previews that I saw for Hogwarts Legacy, ah, uh, they look really good, dude. The just just the intricacy of the of the geometry that they have in the game mm -hmm. it's so damn good dude it's so damn good we've only seen previews of i i want to say uh the castle area i'm not a big harry potter fan so i hogwarts castle yeah it's, it's a castle it's, it's, it's a, a i mean castle. it's a big it's a big um castle like With, uh, school yeah and you got yeah. the oompa loompas and uh -huh. the, the the hogglepuffs and whatnot yeah yep. And, these, are, um, these are all canonical names. Yeah, it's con it's conical. It's yeah. uh, it's it's cone shaped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it. <laughs> you got pyramid head. 
He's, he's here. <laughs> yeah. But when when they showed off when they showed off like the dorm rooms in, yeah. and I I forget which which uh which team or which I don't know gang because they're affiligated oh, right yeah they, yeah they the, the, the different yeah the winner. different yeah the Hufflepuffs <laughs> and the Gryffindors yeah it's just yeah. like Slytherins it's like represent homie yeah you know what I'm saying which that which side you fuck like, with which yeah, side you fuck with these the... yeah these streets belong to the Hufflepuffs you better back to fuck Hufflepuffs, up Hufflepuffs bitch yeah. And so the 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 dorms that they were showing off, damn, did it look good. There was yeah. so much detail, just the texture work, and just and I, like I said, the geometry, like the way that they designed these areas, looked so fucking good. The castle interiors looked amazing. The 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 I guess like the the different type of stone inlay that they had on the floor was very intricate. It had its own like sheen. So like whatever, like, I don't know, maybe they inlaid gems on the on the castle floor oh. and it had like its own kind of just way that it shone, like it shined compared to the rest of like the, you know, the, oh, the cobblestone floors or whatever. It looked amazing and it was so detailed too. And the fact that they were going to have a, a switch port, I was just like, I don't know how the fuck they're going to do this, but we're going to find out on February 10th, right? Nope. Nah. <laughs> You find it out July, next year. July 25th. <laughs> July 25th. It feels like it's going to be next year. Yeah. I They're mean, it technically is next year. It is next year, but it's going to be like technically about six months after the That's initial so release. Wild. I, I, I want to... This is going to be insane. And this isn't like a cloud version. If this was a cloud version, it would have released on February 10th. This is going to be a native Nintendo Switch port. And I... I I honestly, I think I just want to buy it just to find out how fucking bad it's going to be. Yeah. They're going to, they're holding it back. They don't want anybody to see this for six months at least. This has got to be bad. It's got to be, dude. I wonder how long they can hold it, though. I don't know, man. They're going to have to release it. There's, they, they, uh, I will say that they, I don't know who made the decision. So, it could be that the publisher decided we need to release a switch port of this game. Like this is going to be uh, part of our sales. Well, it's not going to be part of like the quarter sales. They're actually yeah. delaying it like another, an extra quarter on top of it. So, Oh, do you think that's a, a way for them to show success in a quarter of, of a release? Who fucking knows, dude? Because who if I was, knows? if I was, if I was an entire oh. board, right? Like if I was yeah. a fucking, I'm going to say that I'm mahogany. I'm a, I'm a mahogany board. Uh, a group of directors. I'm, I'm fancy as fuck. If someone came to me and they were like, dude, our game fucking knocked it out of the park. Yeah. We released it on these consoles. Sales were through the roof. We made a shitload of money. And then next, next quarter I have to show up and I'll be like, Hey man, we also kind of ported it over to this other system. Everyone be like, ah, we don't give a shit. We don't give a shit. You know, if it, if it fucks and, and flops, who gives a fuck? Right. Because the other, the other current gen consoles did really well. I think Maybe. this is a good way for them to separate it so that their board doesn't like eat them alive. I think this is a I think this is a fucking smooth move. It's bad for it, consumers, it, but it's really bad. It's really good for the game company. I guess you're right. So if for example, like just like I think we had like with the Callisto Protocol, mm-hmm. the Callisto Protocol uh got very good reviews on like the PS5. Yeah. And I think the Series X for the most part. Eh, it okay. was kind of bad worse on the Series X, but uh the PC got just absolutely 
just wrecked right (laughs) so maybe maybe this is just a way to just like hey guys like metacritic score is gonna speak on our behalf for the ps5 and series x versions and then it's not gonna hit so hard whenever the you know ps4 and xbox one version comes out people have already been playing the game for months so by the time people review it they could say that this is a shit game there's gonna be no discourse over it because people are gonna be fawning over the fucking pc ps5 and series x version of the game yeah and then, on top of that, we're not going to release the Switch version until July 25th. Yeah. And so people are going to pile on this motherfucker just so bad. And it's going to be Nobody's so going to care. No one's going to care. Nobody, yeah, nobody's going to care because they already saw the good reviews yep. from the current-gen versions of the games, the PC version. They love it. The PS4 owners, Xbox owners, Xbox One, I mean, they got fucked. But nobody cares because it already reviewed well. Yep. It's months. It's months after, like after once a game comes out, you got a good like couple of weeks, like two weeks, two, three weeks, maybe even a month. Yeah. For for this stuff to kind of like run its course. After that, nobody gives a shit because they have to move on to something else. Yeah. These reviews like swing and die like fast. And yeah. once 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 you get like a couple of reviews out there, like uh, uh, your your shit just boils up to like a uh an amalgamation, a fucking, you know, uh, a cumulative number. So I'm going to look at like how we're breaking down our beers, right? Well, let's yeah. go to fucking 90 on a B on a beer advocate, right? Like that's how everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to look at this fucking game. Uh, so it's, you know, it's whatever. Yep. Oh, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I'm glad I muted myself on at least for the, the audience. God damn, those were fucking horrendous sneezes. Out of nowhere. Jesus. Jeez. Uh I, I might yeah, I might be allergic to Java space. <laughs> oh no. Dude. Oh well, it is what it is. I think it is. Like, did you have did you were you congested before you started this pod? I've been congested all day, but it's really fucking bad right now. Uh okay. It could just be a side effect of just uh seasonal allergies and shit. Could be. I did. I did uh, dope up a lot. Uh, with, hell yeah. Uh, shooting stuff up my nose and allergy medicine, but you know, uh, it's it's, it's the fucking season to fall apart. <laughs> we got we got. <laughs> speaking of shit not falling apart, I guess maybe. Uh, yeah. We got Resident okay. Evil Village shit popping off yeah. like. I, this yeah, is this is the final this is the final crumb at the bottom. Yeah, this is the, the this is that lone fry at the bottom of the bag. Oh, dude, that, you know what? You, to be fair, those fries are they're such a fucking reward. They are like you thought you finished. You're just like, man, I really would like a really would like some more fries. And you look in your bag, there's like two of them there. Yeah, just like jackpot, jackpot, them salty sons the of bitches salty at the ass. bottom of the bag. Hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're calling Resident Evil Village VR. Yeah. So for for PSVR2 users, uh it is launching uh in is it February? Yeah. So February 22nd, 2023, PSVR2 launches Sony's new VR platform, right? Kind of we were kind of worried whether or not we we're going to have any games to play. They they yeah. they did they did release like a list. And they were all kind of yikes. They were all kind of shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> I think yikes, it was like shit. two two good games on there. Yeah. We have uh Horizon uh Zero Dawn 
or Horizon Call of the Mountain, which That's is a it. VR, their VR2 experience that is going to be there on release day. I believe it's going to be on release day. And we have a couple of other uh, VR-centric companies that are releasing games for the PSVR2. Uh, we saw some at the Game Awards. Uh, the games that are targeting, like, the meta platforms, it seems like there's going to be a meta version, PSVR2 version. And I don't know. There's also a lot of talk about maybe, yo, hey, Valve. Valve might also be uh, dropping Half-Life Alex on there, which is supposed to be one of the best VR experiences yeah. available. But good news Resident Evil Village VR will be available on launch day for the PlayStation VR 2. And on top of that, this is, this is that salty-ass fry at the bottom of the bag. Yep. This is going to be free as long as you own Resident Evil Village. I honestly expected this to be part of like the Resident Evil Village Gold DLC. Yep. So you're going to have to purchase the damn game, pay 15 bucks or whatever it is for the DLC in order to get access to this. But no... If you just have a basic-ass version of Resident Evil Village, you will be able to play this game in VR on launch day for PSVR 2, which I think is probably the best thing that Capcom could have done. Yeah. This is probably going to be amazing. I can't wait to play it when it launches. Well, this is so huge. So hyped about VR 2. Yeah. Yeah. And you you got on the pre-order list. I did. I, I, put, in my, I, put, in, I put my money down already, so... Uh, I do believe Sony will be delivering this on launch day. I think it is launch day delivery. So I have a PSVR 2 headset and whatnot. Uh, just need something to play it, uh, to play it on. Or huh. need something to play on it, I should say. And Resident Evil Village VR is probably going to be one of them. Uh, I got the bundle with Horizon Call of the Wild. Ooh. So those two games are probably going to be the first two experiences I'm going to have on the VR 2 headset. Looking probably the it. two best experiences on the VR headset right probably now. The yeah. Probably going to be the two best VR experiences for sure. And so hopefully we hear a little bit more as we get closer to the uh, launch of the PSVR 2. I'm hoping we get to see some maybe conversions of some of the old PSVR games. I've actually been doing some PSVR purchasing on the side. Yeah. Uh, From Software had this weird uh, VR experience game called Darasene or something like that. I hope they port this over to VR, uh, PSVR 2. Uh, there is uh, Resident Evil 7 had a VR mode, which apparently is very good. I hope that goes into VR 2. Um, Astrobot, I believe, is one of the one of the better uh, PSVR experiences. I hope a lot of this stuff gets carried over because I've been going on a buying spree on the old PSVR games. I got Doom 3. I think Doom 3 has a VR version. I just want to be able to experience those on the most powerful headset that Sony's going to have because a lot of this, and I'm, I'm terrible when it comes to motion sickness, when it comes to VR experiences. Um, maybe it's just that I've haven't, I haven't tuned my myself, my body, my brain in order to handle it properly at this point in time, because I have very limited experience with VR just in general. So I'm hoping that by having games to play, and having the best possible experience by using a more powerful VR headset to play these older games, which means I'll get better, uh, better, better resolution, frame better frame rates for sure. Yeah. So that way I can have an experience without, or I could say I should have the best possible experience to help minimize any kind of like motion sickness or anything like that. Because the last time, and I think I've talked about this before, but 
Um, I had a coworker who had a quest, either quest or quest two, and he uh, loaded up uh, Half Life uh, <laughs> on on VR. And this, and so the thing is, is like, is this is not a this is not a game built. This is the original yeah. Half Life, I think, from like ninety nine or something like that, whatever ninety eight. And so it's not built for VR. It's basically it just takes the player's view, the view area, and it just puts you on the headset, and you still have to control the character using like the joysticks. So you know, it, there's there's no motion controls. There's nothing. Uh, the only thing that happens is that you can no. There's no motion controls. So you're, it doesn't track your head or anything like that. Oh So shit. you have to move the camera using your joystick. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right? right. Yeah. So it was fun for a little bit. I got through the tram ride. It was fun just kind of going through because if you haven't played half the original Half Life, the entire game is cinematic as fuck. And yep. so it starts you off on this tram, and it travels. Travels you through the, I think the the Black Mesa facility, and you get to see like all of these things on the side of you. You know, people doing their things, robots doing their thing, just kind of like you know some sort of like industrial uh, uh, place going about its you know day to day business. Yeah. So you get to watch this as you get like the speaker, um, this automated voice tell you about all of these different types of things as you go forward. And so I was just trying to take that in, just kind of like you know from a first person perspective, trying to really just uh absorb all of this uh in vr and as soon as the tram ride ended and i had to uh so what happens is after the tram ride ends the barney character the uh the security guard uh you know takes you in and leads you into the uh facility and i made it probably past the the opening uh i guess entryway and i had to stop because i had i got a major headache and I was and I was trying to avoid moving the character at all uh, using the joystick. I just wanted to stand in place and just kind of take it in. I, sometimes I would switch over to the other side of the tram to kind of check out what was going over there. I still got a major headache. It fucked me up for the entire day after that. Damn. Like my entire day was ruined. Yeah, I hear I hear some people just have like a really hard transition into VR. Um, yeah. It, it's the same for me. I can't watch... Um, I can't watch people play first-person shooters, uh, specifically really? shit like Overwatch, um, on str- on like Twitch streams. It gives me a crazy fucking headache. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, dude. Uh, I was looking back at the portal footage that I shot, mm-hmm. or I recorded, I should say, yeah. uh, that I put on our channel. Uh, I got I got similar vibes. Huh. Uh, sitting sitting in front of the like watching it on my desktop. I, I started to feel a little little weird doing that. Like if I if I scoot all the way back, like if I was watching it on my couch, uh, watching yeah, totally it in my fine. bedroom where I have a tape, it's totally fine. But if I sit it in the computer area where you know the screens are up close, yep, like Bucks it was starting to get up. a little all the way up. Yep, for sure. Same way. It it's cool to watch when you uh like non commentary gameplay. It's cool to watch and just see how a game looks. Uh, see if the combat's for you, shit like that. See if the puzzles are for you. But going through and watching, uh, you know, like that full playthrough, I, I couldn't do it either. Just because it's, it's, I get the same effect. Like, it starts to break me apart. I get real bad headaches. Uh, yeah. Uh, I used to, it used to happen with me, like, when I, I went back and I started playing old FPS, old FPS games. Uh-huh. Um, I started to, I started to notice that, uh, I was feeling like that too. And I think it was like the field of view 
So back in like the the mid '90s, the field of view was like super narrow. Yep. And uh, I think the trend these days is to open up the field of view. So it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, I think normally it's like ninety one hundred is yep. the FOV. And so what ends up happening is that it opens it up, and then you get kind of like these this weird kind of effect where it kind of uh, distorts Bins, kind of like your yeah. peripheral. Yeah. And I think right around there, like 90, 100 is probably where I'm best. Anything lower than that, like it starts to really fuck with me. Yeah. It starts to really fuck not, with me. Not having peripheral view inside of a FPS kind of fucks me up. I just wish that like ultra wide monitors with FPS games were a little bit better. I think they would do better to blur to give you more immersion, but that destroys competitive gameplay because people could hang out in your blur view blurred vision area um probably yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know what the solution is uh but i'm I'm hopeful that the higher frame rate and uh a better resolution in the new vr hopefully eliminates your your uh, sickness yeah so at least what my coworker told me is that he he experienced similar types of symptoms when he first got the headset uh-huh. and that it slowly went away over time like he was telling me that the his experience with the Half Life VR, uh, the the VR version of Half Life, that he's okay with it now. Um, but he said that if he had played it at the very beginning when he first got the headset, like it would he would get the same sort of effect. But as he spent time with the headset, uh-huh. uh, those symptoms dissipated. Okay. So hopefully, I'm hoping that's kind of what my experience was going to be it. So that way. I can just have all the damn fun yeah. with this thing yeah. with no matter, no matter if it's like a, it's a really dumb shit, you know, VR game, or if it's just like a, an amazing experience. Yep. So, so we'll see. Hmm. We shall see. That was a, that was a tasty bottom bag fry. Uh, a good, it was very salty. It was salty. It's nice. Yeah, Perfect little, amount yeah. of seasoning. Yeah. Uh, I think the last one is piss me off. It pissed me off, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Janet shared the uh, link for this next one um, early this morning, and I clicked on it and uh, was immediately fucking enraged. So Square Enix opened up pre-orders. Um, yes, they did. For their Pixel Remaster games in the middle of the fucking night. Um, and it's always going to be in the middle of the night for for someone. Right, but they they did this in the middle of the night on their fucking NA website. I get on, I look up, and I'm like, holy shit. One, did not expect these Pixel Remasters to ever go fucking physical, which is kind of fucking sick. So you can just get them on your Switch, throw the fucking uh, card in. You got one through six uh, Pixel Remaster on one fucking disc. Totally fucking awesome. They also did it for PS4. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they have a... uh, a collector's edition, which has a the vinyl discography for the Pixel Remasters. Fucking crazy awesome. Has a Pixel art book, which looks like a an 8x8 eight eight square art book. Like a nice little um, table, uh, coffee table fucking art book. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then they got uh, a collector's edition box and some other shit uh, along with it. That is $260. And I was like, expensive, guys. that's, that's fucking yeah. really expensive because you don't get much. 
Oh, there's you get the little fucking uh, fucking rubbery pixel uh, characters, right? Whatever, because um, they're they're not they're not they're not mainline characters. They're just job classes from the uh, first Final Fantasy. Yeah, they game. are. Yes, and they then are. the physical version just by itself is like seventy dollars or something like that. Seventy four, something like that. Seventy seventy five. That yeah. motherfucker instantly sold out. It's gone. It did. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, it's waitlisted. It's yeah. waitlisted. You want to know you want to know the kick in the nuts on that as well? Oh. It's not just it's not just the fact. It's not just the fact that they released it in the middle of the night. It's not just the fact that a physical copy of this game is $75 for the standard. You know, we've talked about Xbox raising their prices to 70, Sony raising their prices to 70. Square Enix said, fuck you guys. This is Final Fantasy, bitch. 75. Yeah. That's not even the worst part of it. You know what the worst part of it is? Oh, please tell me. $25 shipping. You can't change that. They're going to charge you $25 for expedited shipping, which means after taxes and shipping, Switch version, PS4 version, $100. If you want just the fucking disc or cartridge, one hundred dollars. That's so fucked. Total. That's so fucked. That's so fucked. They can just get fucked, dude. I was, I was upset that I'm, I missed out being able to purchase it until I saw the fucking price. I did not know it was twenty five dollars to ship. That's even more fucked. Yep. I. It's super fucked. I get why it's expensive to ship. But I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't fucking care. I I find that uh, most things that when you buy from a certain place over a certain amount, they just give it to you for free. They just say, fuck it, shipment. As they should have. Yeah, shipment's just included. Now, if they go, oh, this is day one release, motherfucker, you haven't done anything to these games. You haven't patched them. You haven't done shit in months. So this is just on a disc. You can just ship that shit to a warehouse somewhere and just have it go out. And this is shipping from the Square Enix in a uh, facility. So it's not even like it has to come from fucking Japan. I mean, it might come from Japan, but like it probably gets manufactured in Japan. But you know what? So does every goddamn Nintendo Switch game, every goddamn PS4 game. I believe I want to say I don't know if it's true or not. I might be talking out of my ass, but it doesn't matter. I want to say that most of manufacturing for the physical games themselves happen in Japan for yeah. both Sony and Nintendo. Yeah. But, but. You ain't never paid $25 to ship yeah, them the fuck yeah, over never, here. This yeah, is wild. You ain't never paying $25. If you wanted $100 for the game, just charge $100 for the game and shut the fuck up and just give me free shipping. Yeah. I'd have been like, damn, this game yeah. is expensive. At least it ships for free. Yep. What a fucking. That that's that's a hard pill to swallow, man. I isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of fucked. These games are like old as dog shit, right? And I get that they put in a lot of effort to remaster them. Uh but some of these remasters were built on top of other remasters that were built on top of other remasters that were the, the Final Fantasy 1 game oh, has God, been yeah. remastered I I'm just going to guess 16 times. Like it's been on everything. It's been on fucking it really it's been on iOS, Android, PSP, PS Vita, fucking Game Boy Advanced, 
Uh, well, that's that's five. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. But, I, I I get it. I, I've actually, you know, as as somebody who collects physical copies of games, yeah, I I actually watch YouTube videos where they compare and contrast mm-hmm. all of the different ports that Final Fantasy, all the different Final Fantasies have gone through over the years, yeah. because it went from the eight bit sprites, mm-hmm. and then it seemed like they got a proper like sixteen bit upgrade, where yeah. it seemed like they they kind of retained the original kind of look of the sprites mm-hmm. and just bumped up, you know, the detail and, you know, the color palette, right? And then it got weird, like, whenever they started releasing these things on, like, mobile platforms mm-hmm. where they decided to have everything kind of, like, flat, cell-shaded type of shit, you know what I mean? And yeah. they got this weird kind of non-pixely just kind of like somebody whipped it together like in photoshop type shit you know what i mean and it started to get a little weird where i I wasn't i wasn't a fan of that and so trying to like navigate all of these different ports to find out which ones actually feel true you know to like the original designs uh to the original look of the games and trying to figure out okay like all right so like i have to get a specific port from like the 3ds in order to really have the the style of the game that i want but if i want to get like all of the additional shit that they released then maybe it's the psp version of the you know like it is absolutely awful yeah and it's fucked because like i i'm so we were i was just watching uh games done quick Right. Uh, so they, th- not like the actual, you know, event, but like they're just their Twitch channel and they're running Final Fantasy one, uh, back to back in all the different versions. And so really, yeah. Cause it's the awesome. 30, yes, yeah, the 35th anniversary. And so each one of them has a very specific speed run strat to them because each game is fucking different. They have different right. weapons. So in the original NES version, you get, um, the silver sword. In, in the first elf area that you get to, and it's a broken weapon. It's so fucking broken. And they were like, you know what? We'll give you this as a reward. If you just grind a lot, you got to fucking grind. But if you, oh. if you play the double fighter setup and you can get one of your fighters, the silver sword, you don't replace it until after uh, you beat, until after you get the rat tail, and you meet up with Bahamut, and then you get the Excalibur shortly after your fighter becomes a knight. Um, mm-hmm. So it's super fucking late in the game. They also have the Mazamune in one of the areas right before uh, Chaos, so you get, like, a fucking super badass weapon that makes your fighter just deal, like, a shitload of damage. Um, they took all of that out in <laughs> all of the re-releases because they were like, this makes it way too fucking easy. <laughs> so each... Each version of the game, because everybody goes, oh, Final Fantasy 1 has the craziest fucking um, random encounters, but they're not. They're not random. They are step counted. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, you can manipulate exactly what battle you're going to get into in Final Fantasy 1 based on your steps. So if you take the same steps in every single location, you always get the same battles. So speedrunners have figured out the step count to go from one area to the other and which tiles you have to touch on to get the encounter that you want, when you want it. 
So like the game was scripted as fuck, but if you're just a random person going through it, it felt very fucking random. Um, but if you take the path that you're supposed to take, the game's really fucking easy uh, and can be beat in just over three hours. Um, and it can be beaten with just two fighters. <laughs> like that's all you fucking <laughs> need. The game, the fighter class is fucking broken. So every version of the game after that, people were like, oh, they toned down the random encounter thing. They turned down, they toned down this, they turned, toned down that. They made um, resurrecting your characters easier, you know, tense, and houses now restore MP before they save because oh, in the original version, you're, you, when you put down a house, it would heal your HP up. It would prompt the save and then it wouldn't fill your MP until after the save was complete. So if you died uh, and then it loaded your save, you just loaded with zero MP. That's fucked. So... To play the game correctly, you have to use a house. So you build your house, you sleep in it, it saves, you put down a tent, and the tent will fill your MP and then save again. So you get the full HP from the house and a partial MP from the tent and a correct save. The game is super fucking buggy. <laughs> That's fucked up. Um, the blind status doesn't even work in Final Fantasy 1 until the remakes... What? That's right. There so was a, a lot of stuff that just didn't, didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work at all. <laughs> uh, I think they. I think they had the same thing with like Final Fantasy two when yeah. that released on this. Uh, well, I guess Final Fantasy four. I should say when that released on the Super Nintendo that there was, uh, I think, some spells and like some, uh, what was it? Uh, like some some of your stats just were not factored in at yeah. all to to the uh, you know to the dice roll in the game. Oops. Yep. Oops. <laughs> And like, I don't know if they, they, if they put it in on purpose or like, it was just a thing to find mm-hmm. with the game being broken, but Final Fantasy myth, myth, Mythic Quest, Mystic Quest, Mystic, Mystic. So like the final yeah. boss was like a zombie. And so he was, uh, he took double or triple damage from like healing spells. So you could just like, use like essentially like a Phoenix down on him and he would just fucking die. That was it. That was wow. the fucking final boss. Just boop. You just you just cure him to death. Because you can't do enough damage to him before he whoops your ass. You're just like, what the fuck do I do? So you just fucking cast cure on him and he dies. It's dumb Damn. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Dude. So anyway, the, All right. the, the, the 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 this bullshit that they're pulling with these fucking old ass games. Uh I like that they remastered them. Uh, I wish they would have told True. us in the beginning they were going to do a physical version. Uh, yeah. I wish they would have uh, done something very similar to what Limited Run Games does. So you buy the physical version. So, for instance, I just bought River City Girls. I bought the the Ultimate Deluxe Edition fucking River City Girls 2 version off of Limited Run Games. And they go, hey, we know this is not going to get to you for fucking forever. You guys have all been complaining. So what we're going to do, boom, you get a digital fucking code. Day That's of release. Right. Why the fuck don't other companies do this like this? Just say, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to be fucking eight months from now. But you'll get it. But what we're going to do is give you a digital cop or a digital code. You redeem it on your Switch. You redeem it on whatever platform. And it unlocks them. And as they get finished, because one, two, and three all release at the same time, four, five, six had uh, additional later release dates. 
they get it just unlocked them on your fucking account after you put in the code. And then, and then you get the physical version later on. Like I, the, the <laughs> shit that they're pulling feels really fucked. They, they're double dipping on everyone's nostalgia. Uh, they are. And then they're, they really are really fucking doubling down with this $25 fucking shipment fee. It's kind of fucked. There may be some people saying, well, I'm just going to wait for Best Buy or GameStop or Amazon to put their store listing up. Surprise, this bitch. One. This is there's a this is a Square Enix store exclusive. Yeah. It's only available yeah. through Square Enix. Yeah. So I got free shipping on Amazon Prime. It's never going to be on Amazon Prime. Yeah. If it shows up on Amazon Prime, it's probably going to be super fucking expensive. Yep. So this is a Square Enix store exclusive. Yeah. Get fucked, everyone. What pisses me off too is they have so many versions of their Final Fantasy music compilation shit oh, they that do, came yeah. out with um, the 35th anniversary. So they just had the 35th anniversary orchestral compilation final that came out, which is different than the compilation that you're going to get with the pixel remaster if you buy the $260 or whatever the fuck it is. Um, yeah. Uh, collector's edition and it's totally different artwork style like the uh, 35th anniversary co- orchestral compilation is the uh the really cool uh um, amano that person is it yeah yeah it's all the image illustration is that and it's three different vinyl and then you put them together and it shows all of the bosses uh, and and some of the main characters from all of the different Final Fantasy series, um, and some of the summons and shit like that. It looks really fucking sick. Oh my god, you're right. Holy shit, that looks really good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, I love I love Amano's work. God yeah. damn. So you 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 have to like pick and choose as like a Final Fantasy fan lately with Square because. They re-release their shit in different compilations, different collector's editions, and they limit certain things similar to what Snoop Dogg is doing so that you buy it over and over and over again. And I'm always going to buy it over and over and over again because I'm a fucking sucker. Um, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Uh it's very it's very unfortunate. I will say though, um I'm gonna if if this ever if this thing ever goes off of waitlist, uh I'll I'll notify you ASAP. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, because I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy the motherfucker. Yeah. The two hundred sixty dollar version, by the way, is now on waitlist and it wasn't earlier. So Really? It's yeah. on waitlist now? Holy yeah. shit. People were just like do I spend a hundred dollars or do I spend three hundred? I Fuck. guess I'll spend three hundred because it yeah because it's two sixty plus the twenty five. Uh, I mean it's almost three hundred fucking dollars after tax. It's crazy. Oh my god! It all four of them are on wait list. I yeah. cannot believe it. Yeah, I cannot believe it. Holy shit! Yikes! Oh, they know what the go, fuck guys. they were doing, man. Yeah, Square Enix. That's Square Enix for you. Yeah. Have you seen all of the shit since we're talking about Square Enix? Just like all the shit with uh, Crisis Core, with uh, 
just how I haven't. It's not it's not as bad as Pokemon on the Switch. Right. But it's not great. Uh I think it locks in at 30 frames a second in most places. There's pop in, pop out um on textures and all kinds of other shit. Um I don't know. This feels bad. Feels bad because you want you want it to be good. You want them to be doing good shit. Definitely with something that was a fucking PSP game. When it's brought yeah. over to the Switch. How did, how did they get us so wrong? <laughs> it's just how they that's just what they do man yeah it's just what they do i this is one of the reasons why people have been so adamant about a switch pro model a switch to whatever the fuck because this kind of stuff is it used to be just kind of like the exception to the rule you know what i'm saying and nintendo has always been very good about having their their published titles always performing the best. Yep. Um, Breath of the Wild. Well, when you got into, uh, was it the Lost Woods? The Lost Woods yeah, got a little like weird. Shit. Yeah. It got a little weird. It was probably like sub 20 uh, frames per second whenever you got to the Lost Woods. But outside of that, like everything was relatively fine. You know what I mean? Yep. It was an open world. Like the the grass, like if the wind would pick up and the grass would like, you know, move in the direction of the wind, it looks super fucking great. You know, there was a whole bunch of physics applied to the to the world uh, in Breath of the Wild. And so, you know, I gave him a pass for that. You know, Super Mario Odyssey performed fantastically. Mm-hmm. And then as as it started to kind of creep along in the Switch's life cycle, the thing that pissed me off was the well, I guess the first thing that pissed me off was uh, Link's Awakening, the remake that they did on the Switch. Oh God, it plays like like total shit, dude. It it does. It's like it's not it's not like it's not locked thirty frames per second, but it's like somewhere like twenty five. Yeah, you know, it kind of hovers around there, and it just feels weird. Uh, and it made me think, like, what the fuck are what what are they doing? Like, why would they why would they release? a remade Zelda title, a Nintendo property and have the game perform like this. Yeah. It just seems yeah. dumb. Yeah. And now dumb. we're starting to, yeah, now we're starting to see, uh, you know, Pokemon, like we're starting to see like those kind of games starting to really struggle to, to do what it should be doing, you know, out of the box, just yep. performing well, and looking halfway decent like we're not we're not expecting the nintendo switch to push out you know like crazy visuals like the ps5 or you know something on pc where like everything's like ray tracing this and shadows and dynamic this and whatever i just want it to like just hold up yeah just hold up nintendo's nintendo's always been good about having a cohesive art style yep and having it perform well yep you know like where we won't talk about the Nintendo 64. The Nintendo 64 was like it was like a 3D <laughs> revolution and bullshit like that. We yeah. get it. It was tough, you know. But they they got it. They made they made they made it better. Yeah, because I mean, um, when you look at like uh, first party Nintendo titles on the regular Nintendo, for instance, most games that came out on the Nintendo, multiple enemies enemies would get on screen. That motherfucking game would lag, dude. Like old Nintendo games were fucking terribly designed. But then you played first party shit, smooth as butter, smooth yep. as fucking butter. And now when you're you're getting first party titles coming across, um, that are 
just made for the Switch will never go anywhere else, and they play like dog shit is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to do something about that, and I don't know yeah. what it is they need to do, but they need to fix it. Yeah. But they know. They know we're going to buy we're going to buy it anyway. Fucking Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon sold 10 million. They don't need to do shit. <laughs> they don't need to do shit. They don't need to do shit, man. I read some shit the other uh, day on Reddit and people were like, you know, I'm thinking about buying the new Pokemon game. How bad is it? Everybody's like, it's not really that bad. It's not that bad. And I'm like, dude, this is wild. Cause like everyone who did a tech review was like, this game is dog shit. But the general public who's just playing a Pokemon game, they're all like, yeah, sometimes it lags a little bit. Things pop in and out, but it's not like destroying the immersion of the game. It's fine. People just accept it. They're like, yeah, yeah. So, so the game the game crashes, you know, when I touch ladders, but that's okay. You just load back in. <laughs> you just climb the ladder. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know how to feel about it. I think we're in this weird space between um, current gen consoles like the Xbox and PS5 are so fucking good. Um, most people's PCs with like you know two gen old fucking graphics cards still really fucking good. And then you got the Switch, yeah. just man, just barely feels like you know the the 3DS tagged it in at like a wrestling ring, you know, like. <laughs> It's just like, hey, man, you're just a little bit better popping yeah. in here. It just feels weird. It feels weird. This, and, and you feel it more as time goes on, like just how bad the Switch is. And, and I, I love the Switch. I love the Switch. It's I, I like love my the favorite Switch, fucking too. Console. It's my favorite fucking console. The, the thing about it, though, is that if I ever have a choice yeah. between getting it on the Switch and getting it on like a PS4, for example, PS4 all day Damn. at this point. I, it does, it's I'm not about, even. I'm about to make the same swap, dude. Because my yeah, I buy everything for Switch. If it comes out on multiple platforms, because I want to play it handheld, and I I want to let you know my wife use the TV and shit. Uh, I don't I don't know that I'm gonna do that anymore. I think I'm just gonna bogart the TV, dude. Yikes! Or just you know take the console and hook it up to a fucking monitor. You know, whatever. Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Steam yeah, Deck. There's that. Been playing the shit out of um. The Mummy Remastered on Steam Deck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so the Tom Cruise movie with the Mummy came out. That's right. It is the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I still haven't watched it. Uh, but they did a Mummy Demaster game. And it, ah. it is, it plays like Super Metroid. It's this. That's it. Yeah. It's 16 bit. Heard it was, fucking, I heard it was good. It's super fucking good. It's Hell super yeah. fucking good. And when you die, it, it gets rogue light ish. Your your dude comes back as a zombie and just walks around. And uh you have to go fucking find him and kill him and take his shit. And that's how you get your stuff back. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. God damn it. It's a good game. Hey, I think I think my dumbass got uh the limited run version of the game. I did too. I got it uh, when I went to... I didn't buy it when it came out on Limited Run. I bought it uh, at a uh, video game store when I was out in San Jose for Crunchyroll. I think I paid like $75 for it, which was way too much. 
Way too much. I mean, it wasn't too far off of the actual retail price. Yeah, like sixty bucks or something. It was like it was about sixty bucks. Yeah, I gotta I gotta find out where it's at. Gotta find out where it's at. I started losing track of all of these limited run games that I purchased. Yikes! So, twenty twenty was it twenty twenty? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I need to locate it. Need it's got to be in your house somewhere, right? Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still have, uh, what do I have coming in? Uh, the Ninja Turtles game. So the, the big collector's edition. So I bought, yeah. I bought digital. I bought the regular. So just the, the cartridge. And then I bought the collector's edition. Um, I don't know why I went so heavy on Ninja Turtles. <laughs> the game is like I fucking don't know. four hours long. I don't know why I went that hard either. <laughs> uh, I got, uh, yeah, I, I went through, I got a couple of different versions. See, the thing is, is like with a limited run, I think once once you put in your order, I don't think it's, I don't think you can cancel. I don't think you can cancel any of this shit. You know I what I mean? so either. So um, I think what ended up happening was that I put in my order and I was like, fuck. Uh, I think the only thing I, the only thing I wanted was, I think just like the regular kind of collector's edition, mm-hmm. not the not the big dick version. Uh, and then I wanted the the vinyl record because I think it was like on like the green ooze, I think vinyls or something like that. So I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, I don't care about anything else. I just want the collector's edition and just the vinyl. So I went out, I purchased the vinyl and I think I purchased like the CD version of the soundtrack. And I was like, cool. Now all I need is just I can cancel my order and then get the collector's uh the collector's version, which is cheaper. Wouldn't let me do it. And I had already purchased the the fucking vinyl and the CD. I was just like, fuck. So I, I don't know what I'm gonna do with I think I went and ordered the collector's edition as well. So I have the super mega edition, big dick, collector's edition, the vinyl, and the CD soundtrack. So now I have no option other than to take it in and i guess i'm gonna have to sell it damn i'm gonna have to sell it. i'm probably gonna lose a little bit of money on it after all For the fees game? and whatnot the uh teenage mutant ninja turtles the shredder's revenge yep, yep, yep. i believe so i have two different versions of the actual collector's edition and then i got the vinyl on the cd soundtrack so i have to sell the big collector's edition when it comes in because i don't need all that shit i don't need it so i'm just gonna sell the entire thing damn it, it uh, might still sell. I mean, there's a there's a might. big group on Reddit and Facebook for just reselling limited run games, uh, and they oh, all sure. sell. They all sell for way over MSRP on there. So I'm pretty sure they do. I don't. I didn't care about that. I I just didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to break down the the big the big edition of the game to just like take the stuff that I wanted and then sell just the pieces. The rest of the contents. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the pieces. So I was just like. Uh, it's it probably makes a little bit more sense just to sell the entire package as as whole, and just order order the collector's edition on top of it, which doesn't make a lot of monetary sense, I guess. But uh, like, I don't think a lot of the things that we do and a, th- a lot of the things that we purchase make a lot of monetary sense when we come when it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I didn't know. The limited run games did a Star Wars Jedi Survivor Collector's Edition. It comes with like goddamn right. lightsaber. It does, yeah. It's the lightsaber hilt. That's how big. That's how big limited run games has gotten. That uh, they're starting to. They're starting to. I don't know if they. 
and maybe they're handling the distribution. Uh, I know it's the same, the case for the Dead Space Collector's Edition. The Dead Space Collector's Edition, I think it's just being distributed by Limited Run Games. I don't think Limited Run is handling like any of the manufacturing for oh. any of the additional items. So I think it's just a distribution type deal. Hmm. Uh, Jedi Survivor might be a similar thing. I haven't looked into it though. But yeah, we're starting to see Limited Run Games handle a lot of the distribution and sales for the for like big publisher uh collector's editions now which is kind of which is kind of crazy it is you know? i mean these people these people are out in your the, from your backyard dude like these pe- these guys are doing big things and i'm sure it's i'm sure they're kind of like a small operation i don't think they're i don't think they're huge i don't think so either they just put in the yeah. uh, they probably just handle all like all the m- making sure the shit is manufactured correctly so doing all the qa yeah. stuff all the spot checking and stuff. That sounds that sounds awful. Yeah. Sounds and then awful. and then distributing. So that's, yeah. I, I could see I could see how like even a big company was just like, I don't want to deal with all this. I don't want to have to hire people to do spot checks, do lot checks on all of the different manufactured bullshit that we're gonna yeah. include in all these collectors editions. Uh, like li- let limited run do it. Like we'll we'll break yeah. them off a little piece of the collector stuff and just let them deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if it's fucked up, all they got, damn, limited run games fucked this up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, it's not. It's not us. It's not EA, man. We didn't fuck it up. I think. I think the the Yeti. I think the Yeti. So the Yeti does. Um, I, I know them from uh, Games Done Quick. They yeah. do all of the shirts. They do a lot of the shirts, the limited shirts that that uh, they sell during the during the marathons. Um, they also did, I believe, manufacturing for Wonderful 101, the remake, that they did a Kickstarter with. Really? Right? Yeah. And from what I've heard, the Yeti still hasn't delivered on some of the backer items from the Kickstarter yet. That's rough. It's rough. Because, like, you know, you when you're doing manufacturing, so you're the one that are contacting all of these all of these uh all of these companies overseas to handle so you make the decisions on who's going to do the manufacturing you get the samples in you figure out like all right like they're they seem like they know what they're doing you put in your order you get in the you get in the merchandise you have to check it to make sure that everything's up to snuff and then apparently i guess whoever the yeti's working with might have fucked him over for some of the manufacturing so it's taken a lot longer for them to push out all of these backer items. Damn, that's than they originally intended. Yeah. It sucks. It it doesn't sound like a fun business to be in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having no, to have a third party and then you're going to another yeah. third party and then another third party and like who the fuck is actually doing the work? Yeah. Could you imagine having to babysit all of these overseas companies who probably don't even speak the same language you do? Yeah. Like there's probably like a translation uh just gap trying to get people because these are the only people that are willing to manufacture all these little, these little fucking bullshit items yeah. for, for, for a reasonable price. It's oh, gotta dude. be absolutely insane. I would yeah. not want to be, I would not want to be part of that. I mean, they're doing shit for like Capcom, them. like the Mega Man two OST. Like, Oh not, really? Yeah. They, uh, Mega Man X, like they, they have so much shit, uh, like inside of their uh, vinyl collection that they I didn't even see. Yeah. And they can't, they can't produce this stuff without the, 
you know, Capcom is go ahead. Yeah, no, this is all licensed. Yeah. This has to be licensed. There's they, no they have they shit with Konami. Uh, they do everything, almost everything for Shovel Knight, Celeste, Stardew Valley, Bomberman, Hollow Knight, uh, Hat in Time. All those companies have like, or, or uh, IPs have deals with the Yeti to continue producing goods. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Frog in a Car was doing some shit on here too for a little bit with. Uh, Oh god, what is his name? Gerard the Completionist. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So they're they they got a bunch of shit that they're doing. Uh, it just sucks when you know when you get a little bit of bad press like that and uh, some hiccups because it fucks up with everybody's trying to get. Uh, everybody's paid out the fucking ass, you know, to yeah. to get these collector's editions and shit like that, and they just you know in some cases they're just never going to get what they were promised. Um, I don't know what you do about that. I don't know how you handle that fulfillment. I guess you just I don't eat know it either. and you go to another fulfillment company, right? And you just say, we're going to produce it regardless. Uh, we'll just find someone. Kind of sounds like it. Yeah. Kind of sounds like it. Uh, and so the thing is, is we have so many of these different companies that do this shit now that they've all kind of broken off and they have their own specialties. So I want to say that if you want physical Annapurna games, you have to go to like I am 8-Bit. I think those people yeah. do Annapurna games. Uh, they did Stray. So Stray was the uh, PlayStation 5 exclusive game that they released. Uh, so I think I Am 8 but did the physical version of that. And I want to say that they also did like an Annapurna collection as well, where they had like, I think a half a dozen or I think eight maybe Annapurna games that were bundled in into like a complete package. And then... Uh, Special Reserve Games, the the ones that I kind of called out on the video that I did uh, a while back, they do Devolver Digital. So a lot of the Devolver Digital, um, develop, the people who, Devolver Digital is a publisher, and a lot of the developers that work with Devolver Digital uh, usually do a physical edition through Special Reserve Games. So there's a lot of these companies that you have to juggle. They all have, they all have like this, a specific type of game that they tend to work with and, you know, it's it's a lot to take in, and you know there's varying qualities between each of these different companies. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and this is a it's it's definitely hard to like keep up with all of this shit. It would be nice <laughs> if you could just go to the the publisher's website, so like the people who publish Stray, so Annapurna, and just go to their mm-hmm. shit and just find it, right? But it doesn't work like that. It never works like that, dude. Yeah. Never works like that. Oh, well. Yeah. Man. Well, I think this was, uh, yeah. It was a short episode. Like I, it was a short episode. Yeah. Mostly just us is, bitching about AI. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, letting you guys know that you should play high on life. They're trying to smoke humans. They're, it's... That's the entire premise of the game. <laughs> yeah, they turn us into drugs, dude. Yeah, I think uh, what was it? I forget the name of the the fa- the name of the little the little little kind of cute critters that they're that they are getting high off, like Fergals or something like that. So they're mining for Fergals to smoke to get high, but then they found humans, and so they want to smoke the humans. But apparently, getting high off humans is apparently apparently amazing. It's a fantastic game. 
I just realized, uh, so I just took off my hat for the people on YouTube. Now I have this giant red stripe across my head. I didn't realize the hat was so tight on my head. That's, that's typically what hats do. Uh, if it's not going to be, if it's not, if you're not going to have a line on your head, you're probably going to have a line where the hat uh, sat. On yeah, your... at least sat in my hairline, which is fine because I got yeah. black hair and it like blends in. But I feel like yeah. uh, now it separates my five head into a uh, a two and a half and another two and a half head. So <laughs> you getting you getting you getting doubled up on. You get a uh, an extra two and a half head for free today. Yeah. Not a not a bad episode. Not a bad episode for you know a short uh short news week. Yeah. I guess um it'll probably be like this throughout the rest of the year. I'd imagine probably um a little probably. bit of good stuff here and there. Uh maybe see some more developers go to prison for insider trading. Who the fuck knows? Uh, hey, maybe maybe I mean uh, what was it? Was it Yuji Naka the Balan a one? Oh. He, the Ballon Wonderland guy went too. Yeah, uh, he was he was arrested twice. Oh, he was yeah, arrested so it's twice. A, it's the Sega guy. Uh, did he work on Sonic Frontiers? No, no, no. Yuji Naka. I think the last I forget which last Sonic game. Uh, but Yuji Naka was the guy who who was just like, I want to make another dream. Uh, was it a night, dream? Dreams nights? into night, nights into dreams. Dreams into. Nights into Dreams or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Sega Saturn game. Is that what yeah, the fuck Balan he, was supposed to be? I think I think they said that he wanted to uh, create a similar type of game, and that's what he came out with. Oh yeah, I, I watched I watched a YouTube video about the whole thing with uh, Yuji Naka, and apparently, in order to understand Balan Wonderworld, you have to read the book. Yes. Because the book basically explains everything that's going on in the game because they don't tell you what the yeah, fuck's going on. They don't on. tell you shit. Yeah. But even then, it's fucking weird. The game is dog shit. Yeah. I I want to say that I bought I bought two copies. Oh, no. Three copies, actually. Oh, no. I bought three copies of the game because they're they're basically giving them away. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm at GameStop now. Uh I think they're like like seven bucks. Yeah. Seven bucks a piece. Uh, I but I about, bought it just because, yeah. Yeah. Not? I thought about buying mighty number no. nine. Every time I see it for like $5, <laughs> I'm just like, do I want to, do I want to buy it? But I just remember like the, the original version that shipped on discs was bricking PS4s. So I'm like, do I want to roll those dice? What was, what was the, oh, what was that stupid commercial? Just like it was just like it was like very aggressive. It was like I don't know, it was just like something about like uh, let me let me let me find the exact what is the what is it, the context of the commercial? It's it, it's like a really like in your face. I think I I wanna say that they're trying to parody like nineties, like mid nineties commercials where it's just like this is game is amazing. There's explosions. You're not a man if you're not gonna play this game. Oh, I don't know. Let me know. see. Hold on. But there's, uh, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, that's right. All right. So yeah. So whenever you're, you're, whenever you hear the trailer, uh, let me see. Let me get to the fucking quote. Uh, oh yeah. So the best part of this thing, make the bad guys cry like an anime fan on prom night. Wow. 
Wow. What game is that from? Mighty Number no. 9. Wow. That's what they use to advertise it with. So I'm going to go ahead and send you the fucking the fucking trailer that you can watch. It It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> uh I guess uh Deep Silver, I guess published the game. So uh they got rid of the they got rid of the, the you know the down uh the down arrow. Uh you can't you can't uh dislike I guess videos on YouTube. Yep. So there's got there's somebody who's recording these uh these uh down like the un dislikes on YouTube now uh, and storing them somewhere else. So 6.2 likes on YouTube. 52,000, no, 6.2 thousand likes, 52,000 dislikes on Shit. YouTube. It's, it's so good. It's so good. You have to, you have to watch it. Holy fuck. It's a really bad trailer. And this is what they, this is, this is what they put out to sell the game. Oh, man. Do you like awesome things that are, are awesome? All the masterclass trailer. Can I pull this up on the stream? Or stream the fucking video? Uh, yeah, I can. I can. Let me bring it down here. There we go. I'll put it up. Oh man, I kind of want everybody else to suffer through this with me. You should. You should put it on live. You should put it on live. Yeah. Nobody's gonna wanna nobody's gonna wanna copy strike it. They don't nobody wants to admit that they own this bullshit. Yeah. It was it's so bad. It's so bad. Like I said, I, I think it's I think it's trying to parody like some sort of like nineties uh info like uh, not infomercial, but a nineties advertisement on something that's obviously aimed at like uh a little bit older. Well let's let's older watch kids. this. Let's watch this shit. All right. All right. I I do want to say that before I tear this apart, I got to hang out with Mega Ran, who did. He's a uh, nerdcore hip hop dude. Yeah. He did the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis song that we freaked out to at Magfest. Yeah, yeah. We I were super that. drunk. That was him. He also did a bunch of tracks on this game. Um. Yeah. So there we go. Which is just nothing against him. Yeah, nothing against him. Oh, damn, that's unfortunate. Hey, you, look at the screen. Let me ask you a question. Do you like awesome things that are awesome? Then you gotta play this game, dude. It's freaking cool and crazy addictive, like popping bubble wrap addictive. Check this out. That's my own listening part. See, that's your dash move. There's a short dash, a long dash, jump dash, spiral, slide. There's probably a dash. Yeah, this is fucking. uh... I don't know. Great idea. Wait, what? Point is, is, you're dashing around like a friggin' moon man, and I love it. Yeah, this is early YouTube shit, dude. This is early YouTube shit. It's like, it's. This sounds like it's trying to sell me a Nerf gun or something. Yeah, you remember the uh, those old videos? It was like, oh god, it was an energy drink, Rawberry. We got Rawberry. That bullshit. That's. <laughs> it's it's that. It's it, dude. This is fucking. It's kind of cringe. Uh. I don't remember why I didn't buy this game, but now I'm okay that I didn't. I probably no, have it in my sh- Steam library, though. 
You shouldn't. I, I remember when this game, because like when, when this was coming out, people were people were expecting this to be just like a resurgence of the yeah. whole like Mega Man thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember like the hardcore Mega Man people got early review codes of the game. And I gotta say, man, the disappointment in the faces of the people that were playing this game so good. was so good. Dude. Yeah. Was so good. Oh my god. It made me feel I, really I, fucking bad for the developers. <laughs> it it really did. It really did. And obviously there was there's got to have been some really dumb shit that happened behind the scenes to yeah. cause to cause it to be this way. Either it was just the I think Yuji Naka was like the kind of driving force behind all of this and he probably just ran a shitty project. That's all it was. Yeah, I think I so. I think it might have gone through development hell and they might have restarted development at a certain point uh during this uh during this Kickstarter and I think it got to the point where they had to just push it out. And I think it was it was just everything. It was everything surrounding this game. Yeah, I, I that remember, was super fucked. I remember reading a interview from them uh that was talking about like how the reason why this was so bad and it's because during their Kickstarter phase, they had all of these um, stretch goals for multiple platforms. So they did PS4, That's PS3, right. PS Vita, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Wii U, Nintendo 3DS, Steam, and they were going to support it on the NVIDIA fucking Shield tablet. What the fuck? They like, canceled some of those ports. Two, I remember three, that. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine ports. And they, I remember them saying that uh, the fact that they promised so many ports is what fucked it all up. It was hard to keep the code uh, clean. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I, I want to. Okay, yeah. So the uh, the 3ds and the Vita versions, I don't believe, were ever released. I don't think out of the so. promised ports. I don't think so. Yeah. I think they just gave yeah. people a refund. <laughs> like, Fuck it. Oh, this is crazy. Like uh, just searching this online. Uh, there's, there's Reddit posts from 2016 with people wondering, Hey guys, is mighty number no. nine canceled for 3ds? We haven't heard anything yet. And then there's another post in 2020 saying, yo guys, they need to officially cancel this shit. They said that they're, you know, like <laughs> they never officially canceled it. I don't think so. Holy shit. I don't think so. I think it was just, uh, it, it seems like they moved it. Uh, I forget. I think they did make, uh, they ended up making an announcement at some point in time, but up until January, 2020, or at least even the middle of 2020, they still hadn't officially like made any, uh, any official decision on those ports of the game. And I think they still just ended up uh, quietly saying, no, they're never coming out, guys. Oops. And that's wild. That's wild. Uh, hey, man, Kickstarter, that's uh, that's what you get, man. Yeah. That's, Kickstarter. I think, uh, Kickstarter. It, it had, like, a really good run with games, and then, like, Mighty Number no. 9 was, like, the the start of the downfall. I think the last... The last game that I kickstarted, not including uh, Uden Chronicles, yeah. I think, uh, and the 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 last ones that we did with uh, the what was it the Mod uh, Arms shit, 
Wild Arms and the uh, Shadow Hearts. Yeah. Uh, those those games. All right. Except for those. Except for those. The last game, I think, before that, I think, was... Damn. Yeah, I muted it for the stream, though. Okay. <laughs> it's a blue out my ears. Um, was a game called Broken Age by Double Fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broken Age. Now, that one was crazy because they did a whole bunch of shit. They were doing, I think, early builds. They were doing... Um, they had a, a, a documentary company called Two Player Productions that did all of the behind the scenes stuff and they were releasing videos during the uh, development process. Uh, I think they had a, something like that. But so that one was interesting. I want to say that the game took way longer than expected. Uh, it didn't come out in the way that people expected. But I will give them credit, though, that they basically gave you a whole shit ton of information all up until the re release of the game. So regardless of whether it actually came out uh, in time, they did a very good job of at least pumping content out. Yeah. I, th I think as long as the developer, like, keeps you in the loop, it's not too bad. Uh, you know, it sucks when they keep you in the loop. And then it also feels like a lie when the game comes out. Like, uh, yeah, I oh got what was the one bloodstained ritual of the night. <laughs> they were like, oh, this game runs like Ooh, it runs yeah. so good. So I got it on switch because that's what I fucking do. And it played like dog shit on the switch. It took them, I don't know, like a, a couple patch cycles to get it fixed for the switch. Um, even some of them, like the moment you'd boot up the game, the game would just lock up. You'd have to like hard reset your fucking switch. That's uh, rough. Yeah. That's really rough, man. Uh, it still crashes. <laughs> it still fucking crashes. <laughs> like I try to play it sometimes and oh, it'll, no. I'll, I'll touch like a, you know, a bookshelf to like read a book on the shelf and it just burnt like, all right, cool. Um, damn. But a lot of modern game crash, uh, games crash a lot. Like, um, World of Warcraft recently is really fucking bad. So really? they have, dragon riding which is a new feature inside of the game oh yeah 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 and so it it you essentially your your mount can jump from anything and then glide around and it's not like flying it's like momentum based falling um so with that being said you should be able to jump off of anything and just glide around but if you're on a right. cliff that has like a weird edge to it and you jump and you initiate gliding while the tail of your dragon is still touching the, the terrain, it crashes and it blocks it? you from getting onto that character until you log into a different character and then log back into that one. Yeah. And that's okay. like a five that minute fucking sense. process. <laughs> so oh, it's like, shit. you're just like, fuck man. I'm just like trying to do some fucking quests. So I'm going to jump off this cliff and try to glide somewhere. And it's That's like every fucking time it happens to me. Every fucking time. Any terrain that I jump off of to like glide around and just fucking freezes or, or crashes. So It sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's the selling point of the game. It's supposed to be like, hey, you can just fly around, do whatever you fucking want. Once you're in the air, it's great. But getting there sometimes fucking blows. So... Whatever. Uh, I, I guess that's just how games are now. They're just uh, a little bit buggy. They've always been buggy, but 
games have not been so complex as they are now. Maybe uh, that's why bugs happen as frequently as they are. It it, it could happen. Uh, so the thing is, is like I I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that a lot of these developers know. I'm pretty sure a lot of these developers know. You you know as a developer, you've if you if you live inside the world of a company that deals with software of any kind, you know that there's bugs. You know that there are issues that your software has. It's just that sometimes it's more important to work on new things than to fix old stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. And with game development, it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder because you have, you have a, you have like a deadline, you know, like it's, it's not for, for at least the stuff that I do, it's not a big deal to kind of push back the release date of a feature. Cause like most of the, what most of the stuff I do is just additions yeah. to the stuff that's already out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is not just going to be a, a singular product that is going to get released and it goes from, you know, nothing to a full product within like a five year lifespan. Yeah. And I get that bugs happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just unfortunate that from what seems like something that should be a no brainer to fix, you know, before release, those tend to be the things that often get kind of get left out until like a day one patch. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Yep, yep. we, we've seen, we've seen this time and time again, where if you get a game on release day, you, you're gonna be you're gonna be downloading you know like a, a 10 to 15 gig update patch in and order if, to fix something and if it's a game that has to connect to an online service to to play like Diablo 3 uh possibly Diablo 4 uh World of Warcraft all those fucking games Call of Duty that day one you might as you, you might as well not even fucking think about playing like Overwatch 2 like what was it like four days before people were like able to really connect and play for the majority of people. So like, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. you, you, you just have to be willing to uh, say, I'm not playing it on day one. If, unless you're like a hardcore gamer and you're like part of some fucking league that forces you to log on and play, just, just, just take a, take a couple of days to breathe. So did so did WoW experience any kind of uh, queue issues during the yeah. release of this latest expansion? Yeah. So uh, your server queues could be long. You know, could take you a little bit to get in. Yeah. You know, that just depends on the server you're in. If it's a populated server or not. The biggest issue was there was one way to get to the new continent, and it was a boat. And that motherfucker, for some people, just never showed up just never showed up. They just, they're just like the boat just won't show up. It says it's going to be here in a minute. It's been four fucking hours. Where the fuck is the boat? And you can't get there. There's no other fucking way. You have to get on the boat. There's a cut scene. It goes through this whole fucking thing. It's a beautiful fucking experience when it fucking works. But that day one, day two shit counted out. I got lucky. I logged in. There wasn't any fucking problems. I saw a bunch of people bitching online. I logged in like four hours after the game had been up and I just got into a really good queue. Hopped on the boat. And I was like, damn, this is sick as fuck. This whole experience is so sick. They, they, <laughs> they pulled it off, man. There's no fucking hiccups everywhere else. Fucking flaming 
buckets of garbage, dude. Everybody's losing their minds. I was like, I guess I, I got lucky. I, wow. Yeah, I got a good seed. I, I don't know. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's better than, uh, you know, uh, middle of the night releases of uh, physical copies of games that weren't promised to us uh, that you'll never fucking get because they'll be on back order forever. <laughs> It's not as good as that good salty fry that we got at the bottom of the bag with Resident Evil Village. Not quite. Yeah. Not quite. And uh, we can only hope that yeah. uh, this $3 mod chip does what it's supposed to do. And... I hope so. And I, I, hope, uh, I hope Square realizes that having a limited number of copies available exclusively on the Square Enix uh, storefront is dumb as fuck. Dumb as fuck. And they open it back up. They open it back up in order to uh, allow more people to order, maybe they have to manufacture some more things, but hey, man, people want to buy your fucking game. Just Let sell it. buy your fucking game. Yeah. I get it. It is a physical copy that they can, they can buy it on the storefront. They can buy yeah. it digitally. Well, just, who gives a shit? Uh, have it available, just kind of like how, like how you're saying, like limited run, they open up pre-orders for like a month or two, you know? Yeah. Just like, just have open pre-orders and then shut it the fuck down afterwards. Take all of the orders, put in the order for manufacturing. They're a big ass company. They could probably have this shit done, you know, faster than a company like limited run. This is probably just the fucking, this is probably just the fucking disc and cartridge. Yeah. Probably most people don't give a fuck about all the rest of the bullshit. You know what I mean? Like who cares? Just manufacture the goddamn cover art. Get yeah. the get the fucking cases, slap the some bitch in there, yep. and send it out to people. Yep, super That's fucking easy. Do. Super fucking easy. Very, uh, uh, not cost heavy to produce a fucking switch cartridge. Uh, in comparison to like you know, I don't know, uh, printing on fucking Blu-rays. It's got to be a, a much no, no, shorter no. process. Maybe I don't know. It's much more expensive to 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 manufacture a switch cartridge. That's for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, those uh, uh, those Blu-rays, they're like cents yeah. to produce. <laughs> yeah. Cartridges, I think, I think, uh, depending dollars. on the size, yeah, those are those are those are done in dollars. I think yeah. even the biggest, like, I think if you get like the sixty-four gigabyte cartridge, I think we're talking like thirty-ish dollars to manufacture. Okay, so they're not making much off of these cartridges. Maybe that's why they wouldn't. Have... Well, either way, I mean, well, like, you no, think no, no, about... no. It's not. It's not them that are getting <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Uh, well, Nintendo isn't getting fucked. It's the person who wants to manufacture a cartridge yes. that's getting fucked. Yeah, Nintendo's probably making 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 a little bit of a little bit of money on those yeah. cartridge prices. Yeah, for sure. So fucked. So fucked. Yeah. Super. Fucked. Whatever. You know what? They're raking it in. It. You know, it's it's apparent to me that out of all of the the companies, so Sony, Microsoft, fucking Nintendo, right. Nintendo feels they seem like they're fucking doing it. They're opening two fucking theme parks. They got movies coming out. Uh, I feel like I feel like they got shit going on. Uh, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, I agree. these proprietary cartridges. You know what? Maybe they're doing a little bit better than these little Vita motherfuckers and these uh, PS, uh, yeah, PSP cartridges. Yeah, I think the the last time the, the last the only time. The only time they actually did something standard was the Wii and the Wii U. Yeah. 
Everything else has been has been proprietary. Yep. The mini discs for the fucking GameCube, the cartridges on all of their systems. Yeah. yeah cartridge, it's been cartridge. It's been cartridge ever since the uh, 64 and then the GameCube. Well, that was still proprietary. And then the Wii yeah. and the Wii U. Those were the only two that yeah. used regular ass discs. Yep. Man. Get fucked, Nintendo. Yeah. They figured it out. They figured it out. I figured it out. I mean, Sony was the was the only uh, current gen console to allow users to put in a just a regular ass. Well, it you know it had to meet certain specs, but just like a regular ass SSD. Yeah. So when you get a sale, I think I got a one terabyte for like a hundred bucks to put in my PS5. Yeah. If you get a one terabyte on Xbox, the little proprietary little thing, two hundred fucking dollars. Back, two hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, yo, hey, the power of you know manufacturing at scale. Just let it happen, man. Yeah, just like, let it happen. You don't have to make. Just why do you need to make money off of just like all the little bullshit? The bullshit required that, for other people to make games on your system. I, okay. That that's like when I look at the uh, the PSP. No, is it the Vita? The Vita has their own fucking memory cards, which is why yep. you had to get the uh, SD to Vita. A fucking hack. But uh, I think uh, they were they were trying to make those memory cards a thing. I think they were using were they using them in uh, in their digital cameras at the time, or was that unique to only only? Was it only the Vita? Yeah. Oh, those fuckers, dude. I think maybe it was the PSP that used a camera. Yeah, like it was, it was a Pro Duo or something like that. Yeah, the Pro Duo. Yeah, that's a camera. Uh, which people uh, hack that shit apart real fast. Yeah, they did. Um, but I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm just glad the switch went with just, you know, micro SD cards, I guess. <laughs> at least they, at least they did that for us. Yeah. But they won't let you save your, your saved games on it though. No. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's been a good episode. Uh, I think so. A lot of yeah. bitching. Yeah. We're about to hit our next episode will be 25. That'll be kind of cool. We're at a quarter of a hundred. I think it'll be the, that would probably oh, be the last one of the year. No, wait, we, so our, I forgot oh, about this that. This is Christmas. Yo, that's Christmas day, dude. Are we doing a Christmas day episode? I don't fucking know. Don't oh, we know. can do it Saturday, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's going to be weird. That's going to be the last one of the year. So, I think it would be cool to get a twenty fifth one out before before the end of the year. Yeah, and then call that season one. Boom. Yeah, we'll call Wrapped it season up. one. Uh, so I guess as far as I don't think anybody else out there cares, but uh, <laughs> so I actually I have to burn I have to burn all of my time off, uh, and I didn't I didn't calculate it out because I'm stupid. So apparently I have to take a, so starting on Monday, I can only work a half day. For the rest of the year. So oh. my half day is this coming Monday, and then I have to take the rest of the year off. So I'm going to be available uh, from now until <laughs> January 3rd. You're about to play some games. You know what I mean? You're about, to beat, you're about to beat high on life, for sure. I'm going to be high on life. I'm going to be playing a whole shit ton of games. Yep. Uh, I'm going to try to push out. I have so much stuff that I've been trying to push out as far as like the channel's concerned. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a chance to do any shorts. Um this past week honestly there's nothing really to talk about and some of the stuff it just feels like like clickbaity kind of like rage bait type shit and i don't know if i want to be on that life you know what i mean 
I don't know if I want my shorts to be like that, but yeah, I don't always know, maybe, responding to bullshit is fucking weird. Maybe that's what maybe that's what the peoples want. Maybe the peoples want rage bait and uh, clickbait type shit. So maybe I'll experiment with it now that I have some time. Yeah. Um, but I have, uh, I still have the quake thing that I need to push out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, I know how to do that now, so I'm ready to do that. Uh, for spoken, uh, I'm finishing up the the script for that. Mm-hmm. I have tons of fucking footage. Uh, I don't know if I told you, um, but uh, so I completely screwed up the footage while I was recording for Spoken. Oh, uh, no. I recorded, yeah, I recorded it with HDR, HDR enabled, right? Okay. So high dynamic range. So what happens is when you view that video on non HDR uh, monitors or TVs, it looks blown the fuck out. No. It looks blown the fuck out. Yeah. So. I decided to go ahead and re-record the footage. And while I was doing it, I decided to, I guess, just play, pay more closer attention to Forspoken and all the yeah. stuff that you can do during the game. I, I actually kind of like it now. <laughs> I like it a bit. I was, I was shitting on Forspoken to be, uh, because it was super short. Yeah. Um, and it's still kind of true. Like, if you just ignore, if you put on blinders and just do the objectives, you could probably accomplish all of the objectives they want you to do and end the demo like probably in like 45 minutes. Yeah. But if you actually take the time to kind of explore what's out there, there's kind of some cool shit. There's kind of some cool shit out there. Um, it's probably still not going to be for everybody. This is, this is like in contrast to high on life. You got Justin Roiland, like just screaming at you and just, you know, trying to sell you alien cum for like, you know, like for like 10, 15 hours. Yeah. Uh, Forspoken, it's probably still going to talk to you, but it's probably going to be just like, oh, no, he didn't. Did he just say that? I think he just said that type of bullshit. That's the kind of uh, commentary that you're going to be hearing Uh. during the course of the game. And I don't think it's going to be for everybody. But that being said, some some of the challenges and some of just the extra bullshit that you can do during the course of the game uh, that's just kind of out there out in the open world. Some of that stuff is actually kind of cool. Hmm. The combat is kind of cool once you know what you're doing. Movement. Looks movement real fucking is, good. It looks real fucking good. It looks really fucking good. In fact, like in the demo, they didn't even tell you about your uh, your kind of tethering ability. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't included in the demo. It doesn't even list it in the um in the screen that shows you like what all the buttons do yeah so you actually have this thing where you can attach yourself and there's like these things that jut out of like cliff sides uh-huh. so you can actually throw out this little whip thing and what will happen is like it'll pull you to it and then you'll like shoot up in the fucking air oh yeah so there, there's these a whole bunch of these just around the world and some of them they launch you up in the air. Some of them, you kind of like just do a loop-de-loop and then shoot off. So like movement is actually super fucking cool. Like oh. you can get, you can get some fucking air in that game and it's super fast. So you're just kind of like doing your whole little parkour thing all over the world. And you can, and there's even like a, um, I think they call it a, I want to say it was like maybe a shuffle or something like that. I forget what it was fucking called, but as you run, you can actually just do like these little hops and they just fucking shoot you like faster as you as you're doing running. So 
you know, you can run. There's a button that has like this little fire rush thing that kind of, you know, it shoots you out and there's like a trail of like fire and whatnot. And there's other things where you can just kind of like just hop. And so you just like spring forward as you're running across. So there's a whole bunch of ways to kind of maneuver around the world that are really fucking cool, but they don't really teach you about it. You kind of have to to spend the time to discover that during the demo. They didn't, they don't really teach you how to do any of that stuff. That's cool though. Yeah. Super cool. So I'm going to try to, I, I've recorded like eight or nine hours of video because I did everything that was in the demo. The, the menu is relatively good at, at pointing out like all of the points of interest or like treasure chests or challenges or any other kind of like puzzle type thing to kind of like yeah. get, uh, you know, materials and whatnot to kind of upgrade your character. So I did all of that and I might, I might do a, I might do just a raw gameplay video where I stitch everything together, put it out there, but I'll do a condensed version that'll be like 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Just going over what I thought of the demo and whatnot. So oh, yeah, I'm going to try to do all of that. Maybe do a high on life uh, review as well. Uh, before the end of the year, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have some time to do it. That's what's up. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see what it looks like. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, you heard that. A uh, lot of good content coming out. Uh, a lot of good time to like wrap it up. And then I guess we'll come back uh, next week, and then we'll be out for. Ooh, man, we probably won't record another episode until January 14th or 15th. Maybe. I'm not too sure what I'm not too sure what I'm going to be doing on New Year's. Well, so I'm going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Well, and then the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth will be Magfest. At, uh, Magfest. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure, we're not doing that one. Uh, yeah. Doing a uh, an episode unless we record something ahead of time. I don't know if I don't know if we'll end up doing that. We'll yeah. see. We'll find out. For sure. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Cool. Oh, you got yeah. something else? No, that's it. Oh. Oh, well, let's wrap this bitch up then. Uh, Hell yeah. Thanks for watching uh, Pixels and Pines podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And uh, we're just two dudes talking about video games while I'll drink a pints. Fuck yeah. See ya. Later, dude. Yeah. Uh, this attack helicopter scripted by AI. Yeah. <laughs> we're just reading off an AI script. Got him. Got him. <laughs>